As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! Hey, welcome to another episode of your next favorite movie. I am your host, Josh G. And first of all, I just want to say happy Halloween to everyone. This comes out a couple days right before. And this is going to be a very special episode, a new kind of episode, something that I hope to get going, going forward at least once, sometimes, hopefully twice a month. So before we get into what it's about, let me introduce my guests. You have heard them previously on the Crow City of Angels. Please welcome Chad back to the show. Hi. (laughs) And also, most recently, just last month, you heard his brother on Death Becomes Her. Please welcome Chris back to the show. Now a warning. (laughs) Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, and if you listen to that episode, you will understand why he said that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about the classic John Carpenter's Halloween. This should be a good one because we had the poll going for a few days there, right? At least maybe six days a week. Or so six think- days a week. We're talking about six days a week. <laughs> Talk pretty cruise. But yes. for six days <laughs> we had the poll. For a week. It was a it was a week long poll. Yes. yes. <laughs> six days a week, apparently. Yes. And uh and then of course, you know, Halloween ends up uh pretty I don't know, I would say overwhelmingly, right? Yep. Oh, it, you it say? murdered the competition. It, I think it did. Yeah. It did. It I absolutely mean, trick did. Trick or treat was really trying to hang in there, you know. Even though I will say, guys, I was kind of going for Night of the Demons a little bit. I there's a little soft spot for that one, even though Halloween is one of my all time favorite movies. There's no doubt about it. But Night of the Demons would have been a lot of fun too. Oh, absolutely, I agree with that. And like I said, if we if we keep this up and do this twice a month, who knows? We can get to Night of the Demons at some point if that's what you want. So that sounds good to me. Oh my gosh, and Chad. Take my hand, because is this the big announcement? Is this the the announcement that Josh is trying to say? <laughs> I feel weird. Oh my god, <laughs> Josh, you are changing podcast history now. Me and yeah. Chad are joining his show for what two episodes a month, maybe? Yeah, 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 two episodes a month, and they're going to be different from the normal format because we're going to be doing the deep dive going into the films. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, and then I that's guess... where we get audience applause, <laughs> <laughs> laughter from the audience. From the audience. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get into it. 1978, Halloween. Halloween. I think he'll come back. Rated R. All right, so let's start off with the Rotten Tomato. This has a Rotten Tomato critic score of 96% and an audience score of 89%. So both very high. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys would agree with that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's any denying the impact that Halloween had on 
cinema history and in, especially in the horror genre itself. And uh, I mean, I think it was also the top independent film of all time for quite a while, right? For many years. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that lasted until a little movie called The Blair Witch Project came along. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, it, I mean, it lasted about 20, 21 years. 20 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really good. Yeah. And speaking of that, this movie had a budget in 1978 of most places say 300,000. I've seen as much as 325. Either way, even in 78, that's a low number. Mm-hmm. And it went on to gross over 47 million. And I've seen, I've also seen some places say that it could be over 70 million. I'm guessing that's including all the re releases. Yeah, I would imagine because I was thinking like all the yeah all the intake they must have got, and not to mention TV play, you know, TV replaying and uh, VHS rentals Mm -hmm. and so forth throughout the years. I mean, that lots of money, gobs of it. Right, amazing, amazing. So let's talk a little bit about how this thing got made. So producer Irwin Yoblins, he decided. He was coming back on a, I think he had been at a festival or something. I can't remember exactly what it was from a trip from Italy. And he decided he wanted to make a horror movie about someone who targets babysitters. And then, of course, I'm sure you know that the original title of this was The Babysitter Murders. Mm-hmm. And John Carpenter at the time is coming off of Assault on Precinct 13. And Yoblins wants him to direct this. Now, this part's crazy. Carpenter gets paid. $10,000 to write, direct, and score this movie. That's it. But by doing that, he, he made three conditions for himself. One, he wanted complete creative control over the project. Two, he wanted above the title billing, which is why it's known as John Carpenter's Halloween. And three, he wanted his girlfriend at the time, Deborah Hill, to co-write and produce, and she had never done either one of those. But mm-hmm. at such a small fee, he got it. He got all three of his wishes. Erwin Yoblins went to Mustafa Akkad and asked for the money, and he agreed to give him 300000 mostly as a silent partner, which right. is pretty pretty cool, mm-hmm. considering that later on he gets heavily involved, and he is yeah. the reason we have movies like Halloween Resurrection, because yeah. he got too involved. <laughs> but, you know. Now, like I said, John Carpenter had creative control, but Yoblins was allowed to give some story notes. So one of his notes, I was just going to give a couple notes that uh, give a couple notes that uh, actually Carpenter took into consideration. And that was it was going to take place over the course of a few days leading up to Halloween. And they just he did. He's like, why don't you make it a single night? It'll cut costs. Carpenter agreed. He's like, why don't you also feature Halloween as the, the day and change the title to Halloween? So he came up with the title of Halloween which is pretty See cool that, that works out yeah and that works out better because i can't imagine well it's one word it's simple it's, it's, it's recognizable yeah. it's memorable and ah. pretty much and everyone knows halloween of course and it's a fun mm-hmm. night and all that so i yep. mean and it kind of sums up the sort of atmosphere yeah of it. there's something too about it where it kind of gives that um not only the nostalgia feeling but kind of the family feeling thing too because it's just something that you're used to doing maybe <laughs> with family and friends so there's something that makes it kind of comfy right but then it's turned up on its head with you know with what happens in the story obviously so i can't imagine like if he went like the babysitter murder or something like that that would have been that would have automatically sent the message of violent 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 yeah (laughs) but 
Yeah. Very true. And it's also surprising that even by 1978, the title Halloween had never been used. Right. That is yeah. surprising. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's ask this. And and Chris, I'm going to guess you're going to remember the best. When when do you think you mm. first saw this? Oh, gosh. That's a, you know, that's a tough one. I, I can remember being very little. I remember staying at a at an aunt's house and on the tv there was halloween playing but the thing is is i think it was halloween 2 that may have been playing mm-hmm. at that moment because particularly with that movie there's the scene where like the nurse is running late and she's mm-hmm. going to her car and all that stuff so i kind of remember that outside scene as being like one of the first things of halloween i remember but the first movie i think may have taken a while for me to see it may have been into my teens before i really got to see the whole movie i always knew what it was i knew who jamie lee curtis was of course and what she did in the film because you always saw the images and you always knew who michael myers was because as kids you're tormented with either jason michael and freddie right so i I knew all of that but it probably been in my teens i had probably rented the movie or something like that i can't really remember too much detail other than just for some reason my aunt's house seeing a halloween movie on there <laughs> and i remember that's one particular flash chad what about you same thing mostly um but i remember i think i saw halloween after i had seen h2o because i remember going to the theaters to see h2o with my uncle and i think it was sometime after that because I mean, I mean, I was aware of the lore, but I hadn't really seen a lot of the movies. I just knew that he was like one of those very recognizable, you know, slasher figures. So it would have been sometime after I saw H two O. Yeah, I think I'm actually in the same boat as you. I actually went with my uncle and my cousin to go see H two O, and like obviously I knew who Michael was, and I feel like by that point I had seen more Freddie and Jason mm-hmm. than I had seen of Michael. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was after H2O when I finally sat down and watched the original Halloween. Well, you know, the, the funny thing is, I think I can remember saying, uh, at the at least at the time, there was only four Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies that had come out. And so I remember, I think, seeing all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies from, you know, blockbuster renting and stuff. Uh, and of course, we have seen all of the Jason movies, because I think the Jason movies really kind of just was the beginning of opening me up to mm-hmm. horror outright, you know, to go over and rent, rent more and more of them. Right. But um, for some reason, Halloween was the one that just sort of eluded me. And I remember when Chad went to go see H2O, I was still scared to actually go see that one in the theaters, even though I was, Oh gosh, this was 98. So I was probably, what maybe 16 16 15 going on 16 or something like that i was still for some reason scared to go to the theater to go see it but i was at home willing to watch texas chainsaw massacre (laughs) you know so um i'm sorry you would have been yeah 13 no no no, i'm bad at math (laughs) that's why i don't do it for a living so you'd have been 14 going on 15 there we go something like that yeah yeah because it came out in august so but it's funny because like I used to be the adventurous one seeing horror movies, <laughs> but then as I've gotten older, I'm like, yeah, horror movies. <laughs> oh, not what people want to hear, Chad. Not what people yeah, want to hear. Yeah, especially on Halloween, Chad. Come on. 
on Halloween on our Halloween episode. Really? All right. So let's get into the movie. Though you know, you guys remember it first. It opens up with that iconic Halloween theme. John Carpenter theme that he wrote so well worth the money he got paid just for that theme alone right yeah definitely and the opening is brilliant <coughs> itself I mean that sets the tone for I, don't, I, I think that lets the creepy nerve set in into what you're about to watch yeah I know right so it just it's a slow opener yeah I mean by yeah. today's standard anyway because all you guys that burning pumpkin going mm-hmm. and you got the, the theme itself is just creepy. I mean, yep. terrifying. So it, but it's just such a weird kind of, it's not something that jumps at you. It just slowly irks at you and it yeah. creeps your skin or it crawls on your skin a little bit or something. So it's yeah. brilliant. Cause like you say, the light up Jack Lantern and then the, and it's slowly zooming in. And as you get closer mm-hmm. and closer, you get the, the image of some kind of a shape obviously and then the image of that butcher knife in the pumpkin yeah it set you up and it's just it's awesome and i think uh just side note halloween 2018 their opening credits are fantastic as well yeah <laughs> <clears throat> agree yeah i also just want to say too like um going back to like you know when we first saw the movie like i remember i, I knew the the halloween theme song before i knew the it's, actual movie yes, yes and i remember even yeah. as a kid the just the song like creeped me out like you know whenever mm-hmm. they play it during like halloween like during a halloween store or something like that yeah or even uh oh gosh you guys remember too like some of the haunted houses we went to and yeah they would play that song on the outside yep. and that would just even screw with my mind mm-hmm. before going into the haunted house and of course uh, we start entering the haunted houses and your kid right i'm already freaked out i'm already scared the moment <laughs> i go through the door i'm screaming ah! <laughs> get me out of here get me out of here so yeah and then we only just went in through the door and nothing just happened it was just all right so then we we realized we're in haddonfield illinois and it's halloween night 1963 and you get this boomer And you get this iconic, I think they, they use the Panaglide shot to get this, where you're just steadily, slowly going up to the house and then going around the house. And I think, like, it looks like a one take, but it's, I think, got, like, three cuts in it, three hidden cuts somewhere. It's really well done. <coughs> it, I, it is. That's something, uh, I mean, Hitchcock had, the, I think he was kind of like one of those early pioneers in some way for that, in some mm-hmm. respect, but this was so well done for i think a little bit more of a complicated setup and a complicated somewhat scenery to get people and being like okay here's who's your scene and then next thing you know it's like oh here's your point of view and it's just so well done you tell carpenter he he definitely learned from the masters he definitely did his homework 
Yeah, absolutely. Because you, like I said, you go up, you pan around the house, you see this couple, which you learn is his sister and her boyfriend. Then you see them go up the stairs, and then it kind of zooms out. And you look up at their window, and the light goes out. And then eventually he goes around, goes into the house, gets the butcher knife out of the drawer. And then you see the boyfriend coming down. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah. This is so good because it's so, <clears throat> I think, also real to life. If, you know, some little kid was standing out kind of in the dark room there, not saying anything, even though he's wearing this, you know, bright colored costume as we see eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can see probably some boyfriend coming down the steps and not paying attention to it because he's just yelling back up at the girlfriend and about to leave he's just not thinking any not being aware of the environment right it's just so good i i don't know i don't know you're going to hear me say he's a master he's a brilliant at this and this because that's what this movie does for me so (laughs) every time i see it i'm always impressed so much with it yeah and this I think this next shot is what I like the most. Like he goes upstairs and you see him pick up a mask. And then when it comes on, now you're looking through the mask and you're just mm-hmm. looking through the eye holes of the mask. And I just, I love that, that it does that. Just it's so, yes. so well done. And very different for that time too. I can't really, and maybe it's just because I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I can't think of another movie that did the same thing prior to that one unless you guys can think of it i mean i'm sure there were similar effects as far as like oh well here's someone peeping out of a telescope or something like that right but doing like the full you know actually seeing the hand pick up the mask put it on right there Mm -hmm. and and then all of a sudden you're you're the person behind the mask right and you're seeing it's kind of like a interactive moment so i yeah, it's just, uh, I like it so much. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. And then, of course, he goes in, he's, and his, his sister's just sitting there in her underwear. I don't know. Michael! <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You know, she's not... Oh, okay, we've got some dramatic acting going on. <laughs> Chris is having a moment over here. Uh, let me fill my oats. <laughs> oh yes michael stabs like sewing your oats yeah i probably am sewing my oats Chad. that's a, yeah that's true so yeah michael stabs her repeatedly uh we learn later on well i don't think we actually learn in the movie i think we learn we'll talk about that later i know it's over 31 times at least that he stabs her in this scene at least wow yeah i think you're right it was around that that much even though it didn't look like it in that moment. <laughs> right, right. And then you see him, he head back down, a car pulls up, the parents come out, and then you realize, oh, it's just this little boy. You know, that's when you get your shot, holding a bloody knife. You know, you don't know. You didn't know this the whole time. And he's in the clown costume. Right, he's in the clown yeah. costume. They pull the mask Is off, that and like, Michael? Yeah. Then you can tell he's totally disassociated. Yeah. He's just staring blank. I think the weird part about that scene, I, I mean, I know it's something people kind of pick on maybe perhaps, but I like how the parents are just, as the camera's going, you know, panning backwards, he's just standing there and the parents are just like looking at him and standing, <laughs> crossing their arms and like, <laughs> what are you doing, mister? What are you doing out this late? You need to be in bed. <laughs> Bloody knife or not, get in the bed. <laughs> Oh, you're probably right. All right. Then we cut to Smith's Grove. I mean, I would do that with my kid. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you would parent, Chris? That's how you would do it? Yes. I'd be like, look, it is late. 
you put that bloody knife in that kitchen. I'm going to count to five. And I will count to five <laughs> to make sure you get upstairs and get in your pajamas and brush your teeth and get in that bed. You're right throwing now. Throwing like the halves right and now. the quarters <laughs> <laughs> as well. Got me, Jack. <laughs> All right. So now we cut to Smith's Grove, Illinois, October 30th, 1978. So 15 years later. Cue in the blowing leaves. <laughs> and it's raining. You That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's right. Ra- yeah. It's literally it's raining. So there you go. <laughs> And you get nur- a nurse driving in a car, and you- this is where we meet Dr. Samuel Loomis for the first time. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but did you know that Carpenter actually wanted either Christopher Lee or Peter Cushion for the role of Sam Loomis? I knew Christopher Lee. I remember hearing that. I don't remember the Peter Cushion one, even though I wouldn't doubt it because I, I know he was a fan of the horror, um, the, Hammer. the Hammer horror films yeah. and stuff. Right. So I can totally understand why he also got donald pleasant's in the role because he you know he has that british <laughs> yeah that very british way of you know who he is as an that actor british way, that's a good yeah way to I, I mean that's all it makes sense why he would play the role so but uh that would have been interesting if it was you know peter cushing or um or christopher lee can you imagine <laughs> that too <laughs> so that would have been interesting it would have been interesting and uh you know why where he got his name Samuel Loomis from? No, I don't. I don't remember. Monchad. I'm having a recall issue. <laughs> <laughs> My recall. Remember, flexes. Chad. Remember. Remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Oh, he's named after Sam Loomis from Psycho. I know you're a big Hitchcock fan. So Mary oh, Crane's boyfriend. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's right. Wow. <laughs> and just what we were mentioning Hitchcock <laughs> earlier. Wow. Yep, that's why I was, okay. and I yeah. knew Chad's a big Hitchcock guy, so. Thought oh, Josh, you wily little devil, you. <laughs> <laughs> it's here in this conversation, we learn that Michael hasn't spoken a word in 15 years. And he refers to Michael, Loomis refers to Michael as an it. And she's like, Don't, shouldn't you call it him? She's like, yeah, okay, whatever, basically. Right. The only thing that ever bothers me is their gibberish. And they start raving on and on. You haven't anything to worry about. He hasn't spoken a word in 15 years. Are there any special instructions? Just try to understand what we're dealing with here. Don't underestimate it. Don't you think we could refer to it as him? If you say so. And Loomis tells her that he wants to make sure that Michael is on Thorazine when in front of the judge... That way he can't, he basically can't even sit up straight. He, they, that way he'll never have a chance of being able to sound competent or basically well, he wants I him also, locked up forever. Uh-oh. Yeah. Cause like, can I say that this, the scene almost kind of plays humorous in a way too, even though also kind of <laughs> creepy because it's giving you a little bit, the creepy part aspect yeah. is that it's setting you how bad Michael is. Okay. And the, this doctor is like, no, you you can't trust this guy. This this is not a man. This is a monster. Okay, but it's kind of humorous in the way that Nurse Chambers was kind of playing off of him. I think because here she is, kind of <laughs> sitting there driving in this bad, awful storm with a cigarette in one hand, and she's just sitting there like, he's a patient doctor. 
don't be crazy. What are you? What do you mean? <laughs> I've dealt with crazy before. She kept lighting those things up. She too, did. She really did. <laughs> you know, right. she just kind of look. She's sitting there like, I've heard it all. Okay, you can't play me. I am not a toy from Toys R Us. I don't want to grow up by my Toys R Us kids. They got a million toys at Toys R Us that I can play with. I don't want to grow up by my Toys R Us kids. They've got lots of fun toys. You'll really flip your lid. I want to be a Toys R Us kid. I know crazy. So, <laughs> but of course, needless to say is... How do you get chalk it up to me her nerves, though? Oh, maybe, maybe that too. Maybe that too. Chain smoking. That's true because she's she knows the history of this guy. Because either way, it's but, a really good. Uh, it's a good setup. It's a good setup for really. Him. And the, of course, a storm. You can't go wrong with dark and stormy. A dark night. and stormy uh, night. When they drive up to the sanitarium, as Josh, you're about to lead up to, and you see okay, zombies and, this is, and yeah, ghosts walking. <laughs> that's the creepy part yeah. to me in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and all you have for and what this is brilliant with the camera work is just it's the headlights of the car mm-hmm. to spot these folks behind mm-hmm. the fence as it's raining because you can barely see anything but you see the white gowns against all the these black yeah backdrops creepy and you're just like oh no oh no <laughs> it feels like you're going into a haunted house that happens mm-hmm. to be a haunted sanitarium or something like that that you're about to line up for and so that was good work on this part and that's yep. oh and that's another thing too i will address about like the budget limitations and stuff because that's where i feel like some of the best film work can come out of and mm-hmm. what makes halloween the impactful and legend classic film that it is you know yeah i absolutely agree and you're right like you said they got up there and then sam loomis gets out he's trying to figure out he's trying to get the main gate meanwhile we don't know who it is, but someone jumps on the car. He's trying to get in at nurse chamber. She ends up freaking out, getting out of the car and running. And what's he do? He steals her car. And not to mention the scary music. The moment he hits the car or his window, I'm sorry, his hand hits that window. Oh yeah. Yep. You're right. And I like too how the car kind of, she, uh, the camera tricks are kind of funny in this part too. Like how she hits the gas pedal and the car is supposed to look like it goes kind of crazy, but she's like on the, you know her body's kind of contorted somewhat but the car is still somehow going and <laughs> and all that stuff but i like too that he's never learned to drive but somehow he knows how to just operate a vehicle and wow. zoom on out unless there was we'll, some we'll other part yeah thing. okay yeah. <laughs> that that would be cool cuz i mean i'm sure there's there's ways sometimes sometimes you just don't need to see the explanation or know mm-hmm. the explanation you just know yeah, exactly, that yeah. this crazy guy is, is gone yeah. exactly Speaking exactly. of gone, that's what Loomis is yelling in this scene right before we cut. The, the evil gone. is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, God. oh, and Dramatic I like too much? that he didn't really stay with Nurse Chambers. He just checked on her for a moment. He was like, okay, you're on your own, bitch. Bye. <laughs> I got to go get this guy. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's when we cut to Haddonfield on Halloween. Do we do. Yes, and we first meet our iconic final girl. So, Chris, how do you rank her in the final girls? Is this your favorite final girl, Lori Strode? Uh, probably. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's really hard to say, too, because I grew up in an era where it seems like the final girls got stronger and stronger and stronger, and they had a little bit more uh, know-how. I guess you could say, and a little bit less fear when they needed to be. They knew that, 
oh, I need to be a little bit more logical in the moment or something, perhaps. But I would say Lori is at least up there, you know, as far as one of my favorites for sure. Chad, where are you? There's so many good ones, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she's definitely up there with my my favorite. And I I mean, I guess we can talk about a little toward the end, like when we wrap it up and everything. Yeah, once we get to the final the final boss fight you know? <laughs> um, but uh yeah i mean she's yeah i mean she's definitely up there and jamie lee curtis just yes. is an amazing actress even yes. at that young of an age mm-hmm. i mean i think she's well she was know, like the 20 best when that movie came out so in the movie yeah. <laughs> yeah so i mean she definitely you know learned from her parents mm-hmm. that's for sure well, she was natural, I think, exactly. in the role. Yeah, exactly. I think she, and even though the role was very maybe contradictory to who she was in real life, mm-hmm. because you know, there's pictures of her where she's smoking on the ground or something like that, and they kind of make it look like as if that's what she does in the the movie. Although there is that one exception, or where smoking she's the joint. smoking the joint, but but you know, she's also kind of, she's kind of the goody two shoes. Exactly, she really yeah. is. So sometimes that's a little hard to be like. A little to relate to however that was also kind of me in a way too being a little bit of a goody two-shoes growing up i've had my moments that's called course, anxiety yeah <laughs> I, not being as wild and i wasn't smoking and drinking or anything with friends or anything at her age but so that tells you how boring i guess i was but <laughs> thanks chad appreciate Jeez. it love you <laughs> love you too huh? <laughs> He's so good, isn't he, Josh? You had to put him on the show. Uh, <laughs> oh wow! Uh, you know, she's a great character. She really and Jamie Lee Curtis is just marvelous in the role. She's just very natural in this role, which is what I really liked. No, I agree. So yeah, we meet her. Her dad's telling her to drop off a key at the Myers place. This is where we also Boogie meet. Mom. Yeah, the boogeyman, and we meet. Tommy Doyle for the first time. All right, Chad, I'm putting you on the spot again. Where's Tommy Doyle? Where's that name come from? <laughs> He's going to be quizzing you all night. Good luck. He is. And what's sad is I have I have a bad short term. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then one of the, I was going to say, is it one of the producer's names? No, yeah, Chad. I'm going to throw in the towel on this one. Tommy Doyle is named after a character in Rear Window. Rear Window. Hitchcock. Rear Window. That's exactly what I was going to say. Never. <laughs> your window sure jan <laughs> shut up chris oh yeah we learned that Lori's halloween plans for the night are to babysit tommy yay this yeah. sounds like a fun <laughs> halloween night <laughs> yeah right and we learn later what her friends are doing but for her it's all about babysitting but they get to the myers house and he calls it the spook house and she goes up and drops off the keys and we get we get Michael from the inside looking That's out. That's too, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He just kind of fixates on Lori in this scene. So, and then we get Lori keeps walking, and then Michael steps out and just watches her from the sidewalk. Oh, was that in that part of the scene? You know what? I'm thinking of a different part of the scene. Never mind. He does it again. But yeah. But yeah. He does it in this okay. scene as well. <laughs> yeah. That. Okay. Stop skipping ahead, Chris. So. <laughs> Here's here's what I'm going to add on here because we're we got a lot of daytime scenes that's going to be happening yep. anyway. So I'm just going to go ahead and mention it. I think the daytime scenes is probably mm-hmm. the most scariest scenes in this movie for me. The fact that he's kind of stalking her yep. behind these bushes or 
and the car and the car <laughs> and you know in the backyard or whatever like yeah. and it's right there in the middle of the day broad daylight in broad suburbia day, yeah <laughs> and it's quiet in the neighborhood in the beginning yeah. it's quiet you don't see a whole lot of people out and about um at this point so i don't know there's just something about it where it's like oh that boogeyman is haunting you here and, and that plays up on everybody's fear because who hasn't say walked down a sidewalk where it was pretty quiet you and you felt- just feel like someone could have been watching you right or someone could be right behind this huge thing of bushes yeah. and they're just gonna pop out and, grab- and then how many real life horror stories have we heard about that mm-hmm. shit so sorry can we cuss on here i forget now oh, yeah, you're good you're good <laughs> but <laughs> that that's oh that stuff is just so scary and he does the right he does it the right way to slowly pick at your nerves with that yeah yep i agree all right and then we get a cut back to loomis real quick it's when he's talking to i guess dr win or whoever at the thing he's angry they Mm -hmm. let michael go and this is and he tells him he's like he's going to haddonfield and of course they don't believe him and this is where they bring up the famous car driving. He's like, hell, maybe somebody here gave him lessons. <laughs> Chad, you want to talk about him driving? What do you want to say? Or you want to talk about that later? Well, we'll talk about it when we talk about the other media, right? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then we That's cut funny because to- it's like the, it's kind of like the Dr. Frankenstein moment where he's just like, I got this creature on the loose. Yep. And no one believes me. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. so uh donald pleasance does a great job but man it's kind of funny how the character i think in, particularly in this movie sometimes is a little over the top because he brings that <laughs> he brings that sense of urgency, urgency yeah. and he's meant to try to freak you a little bit mm-hmm. get you psyched up and even psyched out so it, he just keeps it going through the movie <laughs> with every interaction that he has you, you don't there's only maybe a few times where it feels like his tone calms down but it seems like other times his tone is a little registered high and he's just he's i just like, want to god i got that man i just yeah. i just want to see a scene where uh dr loomis has his moment like where he's like ha see i told you all yes <laughs> <laughs> After everything, you know, after everybody's died and body bags are collected. Like, I, told there, you, I told you. I definitely told, I definitely you. told you. I told his dad ass too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and we can say that Loomis' performance definitely ramps up in the sequels as they go along. My definitely. God. He gets... <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Jesus. But, <laughs> you know, God bless, <laughs> God bless him, though, because bless, Donald Pleasance, he loved it. <laughs> if he was still around the day he would he would be in the new movies now so yeah oh how awesome would that be <laughs> yeah I know, right all right getting back to halloween we get the famous scene where she's in class the teacher's giving a lecture on fate she looks outside and sees the station wagon and we get the the man with a white mask standing behind it. and of course it's michael that was creepy That's it was creepy. creepy one too because uh how many of us have also done the same thing where we've looked out a classroom window oh, I you were and just you're side. oh yeah, yes <laughs> how I, many of us looked in a schoolhouse yeah. window <laughs> like, uh, yes because we decided to pull a penny wise nowadays we hate children <laughs> so now we <laughs> just stare out the window <laughs> oh goodness but like uh 
you know, you you let your imagination kind of run wild because of the mm-hmm. drone, the classroom, and the teacher talking, and you know, you may have looked out a window and just kind of let your mind wander for a moment. I have to say though, I'm really impressed that Lori was able to do that and still listen to what the teacher was saying. Yes, because at I that point, to. I'm like Charlie Brown in class, where mm-hmm. I'm just like hearing. Bum, 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 bum. Yep, yep. But the fact that she was able to just respond with whatever her answer well, was about fate. Yeah, John right. Carpenter mm-hmm. said famously, like means nothing. Like the whole conversation means nothing. Which um, is kind of funny because even I would sit there and de uh try to dig into like, well, you know, is there a reason for the teacher analyzing and it, analyzing yeah. it? But I can't remember, but is it this one or maybe it's H2O where they're talking about the Frankenstein H2O. novel? Was it H2O? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that that's probably where I was thinking of the Frankenstein earlier, too, because there's it does feel like there's some references and somewhat between the novel and what was brought into this movie, especially between Pleasance and Dr. Mm. Loomis character and Michael. Yeah. And that's yeah. like my favorite, one of my favorite books of all time. That book still scares me. So folks, if you have not read the classic Mary Shelley Frankenstein, read it, read it. It will still freak you out. <laughs> it, yeah. It's still scary. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, so- I think I did read that, but yeah been a while but anyways yeah classes <laughs> sorry josh <laughs> tangent. Little, little tangent and then we get the we cut back to tommy doyle and he's leaving and he's got this huge pumpkin but he's getting teased about the boogeyman mm-hmm. with the he's gonna get you he's gonna and get that's you. the thing like that <laughs> soundbite i remember it way back when from the i'm your boogeyman uh the rob the white zombie cover because the beginning of it they played that clip and that was how i knew that because when I, I remember watching it for the first time, I'm like, oh yeah, that was from the song. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Because <laughs> it was on the City of Angels that, uh, no. soundtrack. Yep. That's how I, I oh that my song. god. Okay. <laughs> yep. Mind blown. Boy, am I slow to catch up after all these years with that. Jeez. Oh, that that I did notice as well. Wow. And that's such a good soundtrack, too, by the way. But yeah, and the, yeah. the boys, the boys are teasing him and they end up tripping him and he breaks his pumpkin and then yeah, the, by the way, those little fuckers. <laughs> oh, my God. Those little shits. If I was there, yeah, those little shits would have been like, I don't know. They would have been ankle biters. I would have been like, yes. I've been like, you are eating every freaking Pull piece Rudy of this. From, uh, like, from Monster Squad. Yes. Eat up. Eat up. And we'll call it a day. Eat up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Rudy. Eat up. We'll call it a day. Eat up. <laughs> Lick it up, like every oh, single piece up. But yeah, that that pissed me because I was like, that poor boy. That, know, can right? you imagine how much that probably hurt his chest when he landed on that thing? Yeah, yeah, that would have probably it, bruised my chest. Probably so. That was a big pumpkin he was carrying. And so. he was a small kid. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Oh my Absolutely god! Right, those little ankle biters. I would have been kicking all of them, <laughs> oh, punting them goblins. across. Yes, little hobgoblins and punting them across the yard or something in the schoolyard. If I was Michael, at least, I would have been like, okay, those kids die for that. Yeah. (laughs) And of course, here they they know they've done wrong. So they run off and and one of them runs straight into Michael. Mm. Then he he lets him go because he recognizes Tommy because he had seen her with Lori at the first point. Mm -hmm. So he just kind of watches Tommy as he walks across the schoolyard, gets in his car, and eventually is following Tommy. Yeah. And that was a creepy scene for me, too, because, you know, there's a lot of true stories about strangers following kids. Yeah, I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> this is why you don't talk to strangers. 
Yep. And then Michael follows <laughs> up beside beside Tommy and the music fades on and Michael just keeps on driving past him. So at least yeah, that's that, that scene definitely gave me anxiety watching. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and the music kind of revs up a little bit in that yeah. moment too. If yeah. You notice. Yeah. Revs up and then starts to fade off as he passes. Him. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we got to, we got to do our resident check back on Loomis, see what he's up to. <laughs> that, that creature is out there. Find that creature. <laughs> yes. This is where he's talking on the phone. Yeah, he's talking on the payphone to the sheriff, telling him they need to be ready. And it's funny because they originally were going to have Loomis calling his wife here, telling him that she's okay. That's right. Yeah. Which, you know, like, and Donald Pleasance actually advocated for them to change that because he was right. Like, Loomis was dedicated to his work. He would not be dedicated Mm -hmm. to a marriage. So it made sense for the change in there. So yeah, I'm glad that they went. Well, with that. and then on the same time, that it'd be introducing another character, uh, quite that a plays yeah, no role, whatsoever. quite of an important character to yeah. this important character. And it's like if you bring her only in that one scene, what does she add to it? <laughs> exactly. So nothing. So yeah, it made good call on his part mm-hmm. to be like, hey, John, can we change this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Donald Pleasant sitting on stage like, hey, look. I can act and write. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, this is also where we see Loomis finds the the scrubs, the nightgowns, I should say, that the patient was wearing that they know we know oh, is Michael's yeah. old clothes. We see the truck from the garage, so we know where Michael got his one-piece mechanic suit. And he also finds the rabbit and red pack of matches in the field. And what <gasps> the matches. Now, what, what Loomis doesn't see, but we get to see a little bit further in the field that Loomis didn't see was the mechanic was dead, hidden in the weeds, sitting in the mm-hmm. room bush. Yes. All right. He and didn't then... look good. He didn't look good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and now we cut to Linda and Lori leaving school. And here you get all your totally. So I got totally. a question. How many times do you think she says totally? 35. Uh <laughs> I mean, that seems like a good answer to me. 3.575,873. This is why Chris failed, man. To 1.0 times. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Uh. I'm totally right. Oh, yeah. Do you have the count? Yeah, it's totally. totally. (laughs) I know we're trying to feed it to you. Yeah. (laughs) All right. What what was was the count? I'm really I'm interested. You you might be surprised. I was surprised. It was only eleven, according to PJ Souls. You know, it's totally insane. I'll be totally wiped out. Totally never show. Totally charted. Totally. Totally. (laughs) Totally silly. It's totally dark. She's totally not here. Oh. yeah i thought it was well, higher she's than wrong that. she's wrong i had the right number of course we nobody <laughs> knows what your number is totally totally <laughs> <laughs> yes you're you're totally right chris i'm sorry that's right that's right so this scene tells us linda's is linda is cool because she's smoking that's how we know she's, she's cool the bad so. girl she's yeah. the Bad girl with pigtails and the, the nice wedges. red jacket and the wedges <laughs> and the tight jeans and kind of the midriff top and 
like she's too cool for reading books she forgot her books and doesn't care about her books well no Lori forgot her chemistry book linda says she never brings home her books <laughs> well there we go that's yeah. right you're right yeah. yeah yeah so she doesn't care to read she doesn't care about her books she's like what i always forget my books i never bring my books <laughs> <laughs> And then here's where we also meet Annie and she catches up to him. And then we see the station wagon from earlier that Michael's driving and he speeds by him. And of course, Annie yells out speed kills. (laughs) Which by the way, can we talk about Annie for a moment? Okay. Oh my God. She was such a bitch in the movie. (laughs) Oh, that. that, Oh my God. I know. Calm down. Calm down. honey. Calm down. But yes, I agree. She was antagonistic. Mm-hmm. Very antagonistic. Mm-hmm. I think she just, she loved poking the bear. And she wanted to do that with, it's kind of like one of those friends who would sit there and say, oh, you should do this because I'm going to live vicariously through you because I know you're going to do it. Like for her trying to hook up Lori with the Ben Tramer guy. And it's kind of sitting there going, well, I'm going to hook up with my boyfriend, but I'll hook up with my boyfriend if you do it too, Lori, kind of deal. You know, she's just egging her on, but... Peer pressure. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. She's like, I want to do it for you. Yeah, she was just kind of... She's kind of bitchy in the movie. (laughs) I mean, she was. She she made me mad. That's I've never seen Chad so agitated sometimes (laughs) during that movie. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Me and Chad good. were watching it together. I was like, I can't wait until she yeah. dies first. <laughs> he was in, every time she talked, he was just, <laughs> just rolled his eyes. She was always such a smart ass. Like every time somebody <laughs> said something, I was like, ah. Chad would roll his eyes and be like, she'd sit there, open her mouth, Chad, ah. <laughs> does she have to talk? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, geez. Anyway, like said, sorry, Josh. We had to go on a rant. <laughs> That's, that's all right let's say so she's she does the speed kills and the car stops so you get kind of nervous for a moment and then it keeps going oh i wasn't nervous for her because she would have brought it on for herself <laughs> <laughs> famous last words like madeline that's true to helen you brought this on yourself <laughs> thank you thank you that comes her. so they they keep on walking we learn linda and bob want to use the house that annie's going to be babysitting at night to screw because they don't want to do it in the van again well of course not it gets hot and sometimes it can get tight in spaces and i mean sometimes you need room to stretch and especially if you get muscle cramps i mean that's not good too so i mean you have to be able to stand up you got to be able to stand up yeah exactly so a nice open free space with a comfy bed to lay on. Yeah, that can feel nice. Sometimes, however, a car can be okay sometimes on occasion, but you know, a bed is can be better. Yeah. Well, they weren't planning on a bed. They were <laughs> planning on the couch, but yeah, still better than a car, I guess. They yeah. get a bed later. They get a bed, but they were not planning on the bed. Although a couch would be kind of weird too. So might as well just do the floor. <laughs> couch can get really hot i'm just saying no you're right you're right a couch can get really hot too yeah sorry josh we're going on a totally different thing there you keep going buddy we totally hijacked josh is like hey we're tangent (laughs) (laughs) oh so then they walk home linda heads home and then this is when Lori sees michael standing out behind the bush and i used to do this to this guy at work i would come out from behind my sheen and he would be across the way and i would just stand and look at him and stare at him and he would look up and 
And he would he would do a double take every time because it was scary. <laughs> He's like, "Will you stop doing that?" Because <laughs> you know, not- ladies and gentlemen, Josh was that kind of weirdo kid. <laughs> He'd give you that weird look in his eye and just stare at you, and to the point where it made you even feel awkward. And you thought, "What do I have? Something on my face? Do I have a booger hanging out?" <laughs> in you your case, yes, you had a booger hanging out. Of your Probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you think about this scene with him coming out behind the bush? You like it? You, you are you you talked about being creeped out? Oh, no, I was creeped scenes. out. I was yeah. creeped out. The daytime scenes, like I said, is still the scariest thing about it. And uh, scariest scenes in the movie to me. It just, it's building up for you know obviously what's going to be coming later on in that night, but it's uh, I don't know. There's something about the way that he. Because that's the other thing about the Michael character that's interesting like a child you know because if you think about it he never really got to grow up to have a childhood after what happened to what he did to his sister so i don't think he necessarily also grew up the mentality of being an adult necessarily i think he just looked at it as that you know it was still being playful with the victims because in a way he was kind of playful with his, it. Yeah. Okay, I just kind of thought of it more like, you know, a hunter sort of playing with the prey. But I mean, I guess it's sort of no, it's the same thing. The same yeah, thing. Like it really does. You know, playing those sort of pranks or, yes. you know, <laughs> which happens in the movie later on. So he, you know, even kind of what he did with his sister, yeah. you know, he decides, oh, I'm going to put on this mask. I'm going to still have my clown mask, you know, my clown outfit on. And you know he just yeah there's something a little childish that what he does too Mm -hmm. it's which is i think kind of amazing with the fact that the movie is named halloween because of the theme of it It is about playing games and you know scaring people pranks and stuff like exactly thank you just a prank bro yeah (laughs) and that's kind of what he does before he really gives them the stab yeah it's freaky yeah yeah so then of course annie doesn't see so Lori has her go check behind the bush. Of course, Annie <laughs> pretends that someone's there and says, oh, yeah, he wants to take you out. And, of course, no one's there. So they, yeah. uh, I'm sure that didn't help you guys endear to Annie anymore at that point. Oh, especially Chad. Chad <laughs> Josh? Just... <laughs> I feel like Josh is disappointed in me or something. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like Annie. How dare you? We're no longer friends. <laughs> Annie was my favorite. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> Oh, shit. You see this person? He's my favorite. <laughs> it was the hair that did it for Josh. <laughs> no, I can't say that. And then they have this little conversation about why Lori doesn't date and how guys think she's too smart. But then Annie's home. And then this this seems kind of weird to me because like Annie's home and like right away Lori mm-hmm. turns and runs into Sheriff Brackett. Yeah, he didn't see that Annie was right there the whole time. Like, he doesn't mention it. Oh, yeah, it does come quick. You're right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and then there's something else that happens that you'll that you're going to get to that I'll sit there and be like, he didn't catch that either. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But the good and, thing, and of course, he scene. says his famous line. I was he gonna say we get we line. get the famous line. It's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to one good scare. Excuse me, Lori. Oh, Mr. Brackett, I'm sorry, Mr. Brackett. Oh, I didn't mean to startle you. That's all right. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Which is amazing because, as you know, Josh and Chad, of course, I have a Thanks, Halloween Chris. poster signed by most of the cast. 
So I, of course, have Charles Cyphers, who plays Sheriff Brackett there, where he has that as a little quote on my poster with his autograph. And That's I'm like, dope. This is amazing. Mm, <laughs> awesome. Don't forget, PJ Souls has it signed and, totally. Mm-hmm, <laughs> PJ Souls has it signed totally. Yes. Awesome. What Jamie Lee sign? I know you finally met her, right? Well, that's the thing. Okay. So we got scheduled to meet her on Sunday at her appearance, right? So her last day. But the thing is that she was also kind of running crunch time. So the guy that was in charge of her signing and all was kind of like, you can't ask her to put any quotes or anything like that. So all she could do was put, you know, her, her signature and character name. That's all she could put unfortunately but man if we had scheduled maybe like a friday or saturday we, mm-hmm. i could have got her to put something on. i don't know what i would probably like is that the boogeyman or something like that perhaps or i hope um, you wouldn't say that because that's not the line actually surprise you're right enough. yeah <laughs> no you're you're right it's i don't know something similar but i was thinking of that last one you know what she says to no i know exactly i know what you're talking about yeah and i always thought it that that's what she said but it's actually not what she said right but we'll get there we'll get there yeah hold your horses exactly (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) there's like yeah yeah Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) so so lori spooked but she finally gets home and she looks out and she see and and this this shocked me because i'm like kids are already trick-or-treating she's like getting home from high school it's not that fucking late in the afternoon. It's broad daylight out. Why are these kids <laughs> trick-or-treating so damn early? I don't know. That's that was a, a thought question. I had. It's a good question. Because you know what? In my neighborhood, the kids come out at night. Dude. Kind of closer to <laughs> darker time. I think maybe the earliest I remember seeing a trick-or-treat last year was, I would say, maybe 6, you know, 5.30 or something like that. Exactly. Which in October, you know, it's getting darker sooner, so that's okay. This this looks like mm-hmm. it's probably like four thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> These kids it are does. already out in costumes <laughs> trick or treating, and I'm like, um, I don't well, know. Could be that some parents are like, you have to be home by the time the sun goes down. That's true. Or well, by the time the street lights come on. Remember and, some of those? Yeah, yeah and and they don't they don't they don't say it, but I wonder if ever since that Halloween night in 1963, they've changed the Halloween trick or treating good point standards mm-hmm. in that in that town. Maybe you know they don't yeah. specify that, but it could be. But then she goes inside. She goes up to her room. We get that classic look where she looks outside and he's standing by the clothes by. That's one of the freakiest mm. ones for me too. Yeah, yeah. that's probably <laughs> one of the. It's one of uh, the that bush chills right now. Yeah, <laughs> the part where he's standing beside the bush, and then the part where he's here, like where the, the laundry, the clothesline mm. is. Those those are two things that stick out to me that actually will give me chill bumps. Okay, it gives me chill bumps all the time. It's you mean just, goosebumps? They're called oh, goosebumps. <laughs> it gives me chills too because I'm like, Ooh. I like chill bumps. Though I'm gonna start using that. Chill bumps. <laughs> chill bumps. So I'll start my own line of kids' books. Okay, I'm gonna ask everyone out there, but who else says chill bumps? And if you say chill bumps, do hashtag chill bumps. Oh, okay. Comment below. <laughs> Comment, Comment below. below. Yeah, either hashtag. I'm sure chill I'm not the only hashtag... one. I dare. I cannot be the only one. I challenge it, Chad. Hmm. We might be putting up a poll about that when this comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween gives me chill bumps. Does Halloween give you hashtag chill bumps or hashtag this. bumps? Yay, Josh. More puns. No, just <laughs> and then, of course, the phone rings. There's no answer. 
She hangs out and rings again. Of course, it's Annie, and she's like, I had a mouthful of peanut butter or something. <laughs> <laughs> she has she a mouthful of everything. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I'm not sorry. Not not that way. Get your head out of the gutter. Get your, I mean, yes, her head was in the gutter a little bit, but not that's not what I meant with my thing. I just meant that she talks a lot of she has a lot of bitchy things to she, say. Yes, now. thank you. She has a lot to say. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay, we'll, we'll leave it at that then. <laughs> yes, we better. I'll get in trouble. You're canceled, Chris. <laughs> oh shit! So anyway, Lori leaves the house with the pumpkin. I just made the note once again. These kids trick or treat in the daytime, but we talked about that, and I think I think they made a rule in 1963. After that, that's what I'm going. Yeah, and then I can see that. We gotta we gotta have our. And our resident check up on Loomis, see what he's up to. And of course, he's with the graveyard caretaker at this point, looking for the Myers grave. And of course, we learned Those the tombstone damn kids. is Yeah, they think it's the damn <laughs> kids and their Halloween pranks. Right. <laughs> and of course, Loomis that? is like a big no. tombstone, though, wasn't it? It was a pretty big tombstone. <laughs> yeah, it was. You would need a, a damn machine to actually lift that thing and get it out of there. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I know, and it was so perfectly. I mean, lifted. for a normal person, for kids yeah. and a normal person, not for. Mike. And those too, it was perfectly lifted. Yeah, there was like, no like digging right. around the yeah. necessarily around the, right. the tombstone itself. It was just kind of as if you <laughs> just lifted it up. Yeah, let's lift it up, like it's freaking cardboard tombstone you yep. buy at the damn Halloween store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the caretaker's like, this happens every year, and I'm like. Does it? Really? Does it? Josh like, does it really? <laughs> He's like, really, Jan? Really? <laughs> like, like even if it, grave desecration, like you know, people trying to dig up a dead body yes. or something. But like, yeah, yeah. Like I would think, if anything, tombstone. Yeah, if the tombstone maybe knocked over, maybe broken, yeah. not right. lift up perfectly out of place like that. Agreed. Loomis isn't buying it either, and that's when he's like, "He came home." Ha! I told you all. Yeah, <laughs> Mister, I told you all. Here and here we get Annie and Lori are driving. They're going to their babysitter's job, and I love I love the music here because "Don't Fear the Reapers" playing. Yes. Okay, that was something that was interesting because I have forgot about that for a long time. After I remember seeing the movie for the first time, and I guess it's just because. I never really always had the volume up perhaps to really pay attention to the music because to me it was all it always sounded like you hear the car and them talking but to hear grim reaper going like in this recent viewing i was sitting there going man how freaky is that too that's you see pretty him, scary you see too. him in the, the rear window yes, the whole yeah. time <laughs> yeah and that song's playing so they literally had the reaper Death on their tail. Yep, you. yep. He's literally <laughs> yeah. behind him. You're right. And this is where we get good girl Lori trying to be bad. She hits the joint, but she's coughing like hell. So you know she's she's not a smoker. Because <laughs> of bad she's girl Annie. Limited, limited experience. Uh, bad girl Annie at it again. Yep. Or I and guess it, we should say mean Annie. Meanie. Meanie. Annie the meanie. Annie the meanie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then here's where we get our scene at the hardware store. And they come up and, of course, see Sheriff Brackett. And, of course, she's like, wait, put the shit out. Put the joint out, you know, because her dad's there. I like this scene because the alarm's ringing. So, like, everything's like he's yelling. And then right when he he, he finally he yells again and the alarm stops. I don't know. (laughs) I find it funny. Yeah, it's like no, one of those cheap comedy gags. It just works every time. Well, and then that's the scene, too. 
that I want to mention where I was like, because Josh, you mentioned that start. He's like, what? He didn't see Annie before. Well, in this scene, I'm sitting there going, he didn't, Are smell, you, it? He didn't smell it <laughs> still yeah. because they just put it away right then and there. That smell is not going to just disappear right off. Yeah, the top, I, you know? it would have right, so, hit, like, hit him pretty good. So I can't say I don't think I made it a note here officially, but I can say in the novelization, they do touch on that. He's like, damn okay. daughter smoking weed again. Like he, he well, thinks see, to himself after. I would have even appreciated that somewhat. At like if Annie, you know, she's like, okay, dad, we'll see you later. And she drives off. And him just sitting there shaking his head going like, damn daughter smoking weed again. You yep. know, that would have been, I think, pretty cool to see. in the so the Just a weird moment. but No, you're right. Absolutely right. And we learned that they, they think it's kids because they got a mask, rope, and a couple of knives. So. And of course, yeah. like, you blame everything on kids. Just be natural. There he is. Just be natural. Hi, Annie. Lori. Hi, Dad. What happened? What? What happened? Oh, uh, somebody broke into the hardware store. Probably kids. You blame everything on kids. Well, now all they took was some Halloween mask, uh, rope, and a couple of knives. Well, who do you think it was? hard growing up with a cynical father. Aren't you going to be late? Huh? I said, aren't you going to be late? He shouts, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the well, way you know, she says it, the too. The thing is, I mean, I guess, like, part of that that whole thing, too, is that, you know, if I mean, like, if you have him recognize certain things, like details and stuff, like, mm-hmm. it makes him... I don't want to say they wanted to make him seem incompetent, but maybe he, they just wanted to make him seem like he was just, I don't know the right word. Like he, he was just um, sort of I don't know, jaded maybe or mm-hmm. something like he just, he just stopped caring about the details. So like, you right. know, cause he's, he's, he's been doing he's it been for, a for a long time. time. Yeah. So yeah. he just kind of like, Oh, you know, somebody just interrupted my day. Yeah. Halloween you know? prank yeah. going on. Someone's still in a costume, but anyway, so, oh, yeah. And then, so he, and kids stole the and she's lives like, and masks. <laughs> you always think it's kids. And you always think it's kids. Or blame Daddy. kids. <laughs> yeah, you always blame the kids. But yeah, then they leave. Loomis comes up the sheriff and he just misses Myers driving off. Like Loomis just misses seeing the right. Wagon. That's right. Because he went he, he went around, straight. Yeah. yeah. So they get a brief scene, but you don't get to see them talk yet. You'll see that in a minute. But then this is when Annie and Lori are talking, talking like, Lori, you should go to a dance. And we learned that Lori likes Ben Tramer. This is where we learned that for the first time. <laughs> ben Lori has a crush. <laughs> and like, I got to say. Ben Lori sitting in a tree. <laughs> F-U-C-K. Oh, jeez, Chad. Okay, take it that far. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Not even out of how first dare date, you. <laughs> Not exactly. even Exactly. How date. dare you. Jeez. On good girl Lori. Bad Lori, girl. Lori wasn't trying to do Lori. Anything. Bad girl. <laughs> no, we want we want Lori to be bad girl. <laughs> Are you a good witch or a bad witch? <laughs> oh in case, wow! In case you guys don't know, it's a reference to another movie. So completely off. But if you know what it is, comment below. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell! <well. laughs> but while they're doing Sorry. it, Michael Myers is still following them, and they don't notice the shit at all. And he's not like keeping his distance back either he's like right on their ass and they just mm-hmm. do not notice probably because they're smoking well weed, because speed kills mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Like, he did like the, the speed, but that's that that's the thing. They've seen this station wagon. You would think they recognize it. It's not like they hadn't well, seen no, it. No, because <laughs> Annie true. well, no, because you know why is because one, Annie's got Lori distracted about Ben Tramer, and then secondly, Annie is thinking about cock. <laughs> you know, she's like <laughs> She's like, me and Linda are going to get some. You need to be getting some, too. Oh, geez. I can't say you're lying. Well, and here's the thing. I have to agree with Annie on this because I have my moments, too. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then Hashtag cock. (laughs) uh, I'm sure it's trending somewhere, Chris. (laughs) Somewhere in the world. Sorry, Josh. I'm sure you wanted that attached to your show. <laughs> oh, hell. Oh, geez. So then we get Annie dropping off Lori at Tommy's house. And of course, it's dark now. Like it was just bright outside, and the dark comes quickly. Some, oh, it does. Well, a lot of horror movies do that. So, you know, you can't fault it too much. No. Annie pulls in the house like it's like almost across the street after she drops Lori off, you know? Mm-hmm. And Myers just parks on the side of the road and gets out and watches. Annie go into the house. She's not paying attention. It's funny. He kind of like sort of hides behind a tree, but not really because, you know, it's a skinny tree. Right. It's not some big tree. Because, you know, he he's skinny as a board, too. So somehow he's able to hide behind these bushes really quick and disappear. <laughs> I, I think he maybe yeah. could be an X-Man. <laughs> oh, I okay. think that could be that could be a mutant ability for him. Part of his uh, Halloween superpowers. Yes, his Halloween superpowers. <laughs> Do they only right. work on Halloween? You know, that could be on Sam Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's something that just didn't get to quite in part six. So <clears throat> as one of his abilities, he flattens out. He flattens out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that would make six better. I don't know. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Michael just like. Walks up to this fence thing or whatever, and the, the final girl is sitting there going like, "Ha, ah, you can't get through." <laughs> and he just, just like turns around, out. he's like, he slides under slides under the gate. Oh wow! Oh shit, that would be funny. That would I be would funny. That. At least it. I mean, hell, as ridiculous as that is, like, why not put it in there? Let's get an all. Let's right. get another cut of that movie and put that in. Michael there too. Myers is an X Man, or Michael Myers is a mutant. Okay. Yeah. Michael Myers is a mutant. Who we'll agrees? How- Comment below. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now we cut back to Sheriff Brackett and Loomis. They're arriving at the Myers house, and this is where they go in. And they find the dead dog. They know that he's been hungry. <laughs> Which, by the way, that poor dog. That poor, poor that, dog. That angers me. That angers me, yeah. And, of course, Sheriff says that a man wouldn't do that. And, of course, Loomis, this is no man. You know, like you say, he kind of <laughs> up sometimes. It was like that lady in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'm no man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, oh. That one got me. <laughs> So then those two, they head upstairs and they're looking awesome. The window breaks. There's no man. <laughs> there's, there's... Um, oh my God. Who was the legally blonde bitch? Not, not uh, Reese Witherspoon, but who was oh, Jennifer Coolidge? Yeah, oh, Jennifer, Jennifer Coolidge. Coolidge. He was doing, he was doing a, an imitation of Jennifer Coolidge, like auditioning for Lord of the Rings. 
And like one of the cuts he did was like, I know, man. <laughs> So, so Loomis and Brackett, they head upstairs. They're in the Myers house or whatever, you know, and then that window breaks. I don't know what comes down, like a tree branch from the, I don't know. It's a gutter oh, yeah. that swings in mm-hmm. and the window breaks. And then we get the famous, I met him 15 years ago in the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. And I can't, I didn't write down the whole speech, but don't worry. I'm going to put in the Damn, audio for the speech. Have, say, Al, I'm going to put in slower. You can just substitute the, the Jaws Oh, speech please put in that. the speech. Yeah, if you can yeah. find the speech and put it in at this moment, that would be great. It's such yeah, a yeah, good yeah. one. No, no, no. I'm definitely, I'm putting in that speech. I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply Evil. And of course, Sheriff Brackett's like, oh, maybe we should put out like an APB or whatever. And he's like, no, do not go telling everyone. Otherwise, they'll see him on every corner, you know, because they'll be so freaked out, which makes a lot uh-huh. of sense. So. All right. And then we get we cut back to Lori babysitting Tommy. She's reading King Arthur. But really, he doesn't like King Arthur. He's got these these comic creature books. comic books. <laughs> I can't remember. I was reading. Uh, I can't remember what they were because yeah, they were all right. made up titles like Meteor it was Man, all something Science Man, man or something. something. Yeah, it was all something man. But I, I, I read that No they... Man being the last one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go again. <laughs> but I think Hashtag I read. I am no man. Yeah. <laughs> I think I read somewhere like those real comic books were like Howard the Duck comics, which I, when I heard that, I was like, Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that fact. And of course, Tommy asked Lori, who's the boogeyman? But she she doesn't have an answer for that. And Annie calls. Annie calls Lori. You hear the dog barking from the, her side. But then, I like how she just kind of stands there looking straight ahead, not even acknowledging the dog really so much. She's right. not looking down at the dog. She's mm-hmm. just telling the dog to be quiet, but that's all she's doing. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, Oh, I wouldn't just stand there and look straight ahead and be like, bad dog. <laughs> Shut up, dog. But that's just me. Yeah. As a former dog owner. <laughs> preach, Chad. Preach. And see, so like, oh, real quick. Um, because I also wanted to say, like, the part where Tommy asked Lori, um, who is the boogeyman? Yeah. That's scary. That's scary to me. Because wouldn't you be kind of caught off guard a little bit if you had a little kid ask you that for in that moment? You know, because he's scared and you're kind of just. Well, what makes you think that, Tommy? Well, probably, but also they grow up on this street that has this famous murder house, basically, in the Mm -hmm. Myers house. True. So I would 
think it's something legend every persists, little kid particularly goes amongst kids yeah because <clears throat> when you think about when we were kids you know we had like the legend of old man aikman and everything so oh well, yeah. i mean i, I mean people asking about that one <laughs> well, look, look, so i mean you know you think about like you know the, the lore that exists mm-hmm. you know particularly in, in kids groups yeah you know in neighborhoods so and it's so, probably yeah. something that definitely persisted especially you know with the murder that happened not that long ago yeah. Well, and I just want to say, let it be known, Chris and myself saw the the little shed or yes. whatever where old man Aikman lived. Chad, thank so. you. This is called thank mass. You. This is called mass hysteria. No, we're two people. Not we're not no, a mass. No, no, <laughs> we're two people. Mm-hmm. Chad, no. Four eyes. Four eyes. Oops, excuse me. Four <laughs> eyes saw that whole thing. Thank you, Josh, for saying. Because after all these years, I thought I was probably the only one that would still say this that. This is like vindication. Yes, vindication. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. I am no man. <laughs> now you're starting to sound like Gandalf. Yeah, oh, that's I right. am no man. <laughs> you shall not pass. Anyway, uh, sorry, Josh. Go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, like you said, you're talking about Annie with the dog. Then we get a creepy shot of Meyer standing from outside. She he's looking in. He's he's mm. fixated on Annie at this point. Maybe, maybe it's because she yelled speed kills. Maybe Chad, he's like you, and he's like, This bitch has got to go. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this meanie, this big meanie, Annie gotta go. the meanie has got to go. He has to go. <laughs> Man, there's a lot of <laughs> hashtags to come from this people. So hashtag Annie the meanie. Oh, that Annie's telling Lori that she talked with Ben Tramer and told her that Lori thought she he was cute and he got excited. And then you hit Tommy here, kid looks at the window and guess who he sees? He sees Michael Myers over at the what are the, the, the she's sure? Annie's at the Wallace house, yes. Lizzie Wallace. Are you house. sure? You sure it's not Jennifer Coolidge standing over there instead? <laughs> I am no man. <laughs> <laughs> I am no man. <laughs> Michael doing his old bend and snap. Yes. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bend and snap works every time. <laughs> so I think what, what people Linda are gonna says. what people are gonna take away from this version of Halloween. Everybody's done Halloween, but how many people have brought up Jennifer Coolidge is basically Michael Myers? That's what people are gonna take away from this episode. <laughs> No one else can say they brought that up. So, we have. I mean, did anybody have that on their bingo card? Because I sure shit did. I, I was gonna say, <laughs> we we got that going for us. Oh, I think she nailed the identity of the real Michael Myers. Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge. Okay, that sounds good to me. I th- we'll go with it. No Makes one's gonna see this coming. Knife real bad. <laughs> Oh, shit. Here we go. <laughs> so then Annie spills something on herself. I can't remember. It was a drink or butter or something. She was making something. She spilled oh, yeah, herself. Pop- was it, it, was, popcorn? it was the popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was the butter on the popcorn as well. Yeah. I knew it was liquidy. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is, you know, that's our plot device. We got to get her out to that outdoor laundry room somehow. Right. <clears throat> yes. And her skeevies, of course. Because you, know, well, you, yeah. you have to have that sexiness factor. The, in panty, the panty shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so she's she's changing her clothes, taking her top off, putting on someone else's uh, somebody else's clothes. Well, you know, it's the, the person <laughs> she's dating, like mom. She just grabs one of their yeah. shirts hanging right there, and it's like, I, I mean, you got to do what on. you got to do in that situation. That's true. <laughs> you got to. 
Yeah, that's true. And then and it's kind of creepy because Myers is sitting there. He's watching her from the outside. Yeah. It, there's some <clears throat> yeah. really good moments that's leading up to, again, it's like him playing that, uh, that Halloween prank game or something. You know, he's yeah. got to, mm-hmm. and it's kind of almost like as if pranking the audience a little bit, right? Not so much necessarily at her, even though some of it could be directed at her, but it's also playing with the audience. He's also, I don't know. Maybe this is kind of weird and taking it a little out there, but it's kind of like him breaking the fourth wall, maybe in some respect where he's just like, I'm picking on you guys out there in movie world, watching me on the screen. I got you. Look, see, boo, boo. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the soup. Thanks for the silent awkwardness. Sorry, guys. And you know what they say when Boo. the room gets quiet all of a sudden? It means an angel's got its wings. Oh, okay. We're going to keep going, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like angels on my podcast. Oh, geez. yeah. There's a lot of firsts on this Chris. podcast, but hey, that, that'll work. Get used to it, people. That's what you have to look forward to. So, anyway, Annie hears a noise. So she looks out. She sees a plant swinging, but she doesn't see anybody but then you see myers outside the window and that damn dog lester's barking again oh damn Le- well no lester's don't, cute lester is saying, doing his job yes don't, exactly don't i agree lester. with that it's annie the meanie that gets them all riled up a lot and then you know if it wasn't for her doing that maybe he would have got used to michael and would have just licked his hand instead and michael wouldn't have had to choke him out just no. saying but yeah, no, he he charges after Michael. You hear the dog mm. yelp. The dog is dead. So I know that didn't sit well with you, Chris. No, not at all. That poor, poor thing. So That's why cut. Michael's not a man. <laughs> That's why he's not a man. That's the reason he's not a man. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. Yes. All right, so now we get we cut back to Lori and Tommy, and they're watching the thing from another world, which of course is interesting because oh, four years yes. later, John Carpenter goes on to make his own version of the thing. And ironically enough, another favorite movie of mine, one of my all-time favorites, right there too. So, all right, quick question: favorite uh, Carpenter? Favorite Carpenter film? Yeah, mm, you're putting me on the spot. I mean, I think you're going Halloween. I'm not sure what Chad's going. I'd probably say that movie that had um, Jeff Bridges in it. Starman. Yes, Starman. Starman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. I like that one. I really enjoyed it. Hmm. <laughs> okay. That is an interesting choice. I would never have guessed for that. For yeah, time. it was really good. It was like E.T. meets Terminator. I would have thought like maybe Escape from New York or something for Chad. Honestly, I'm sorry, Chad. Yes, Ghost of Mars would have been your favorite for sure. Ghost of Mars for the win. Hey, I'm I'm a defender of Ghost of Mars, so I, I can't like say Ghost much. Of, yeah, or it's vampires, fun. right? You're probably thinking vampires. <laughs> no, I actually thought you were like I like the Prince of Darkness, of course. Yeah, believe it or not, yeah, I have to put that on my cue. <laughs> it's weird. It's a little weird. Yeah. So, Chris, is yours Halloween? <sighs> I can't decide because I, I love Halloween and the Didn't thing so John Carpenter much. also do the Mouth of Madness in the Mouth of Madness. Yes. In the, yeah, yeah, because it's part of it's part of that apocalyptic trilogy um, that they put together. 
Who did the movie about the little kids with the white hair? Was that? No, that. Oh, no, he did do that one. He did the remake for that. He did the remake uh, the with Dam. Christopher Reeve, yeah. Village of the Dam. Yeah. Yeah. Village of the Dam. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's Village of the Dam. I remember seeing that movie as a kid, but I don't remember a damn thing about it. Well, that tells you all you my, need to know. Yeah. I, I remember my mom uh, watching it, and I watched it with her, but I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, me either. I think that's one I haven't seen yeah. all the way through. All right, Chris. Favorite Carpenter movie, goddamn I can't decide because <laughs> I like both of them so much. Because you know what? I can sit here and say Halloween now, but then it'll probably flip and be like, oh, you know what? I'm feeling the thing right now. And then the <laughs> next time it'll be, oh, I'm feeling Halloween. So, oh, I don't know. I'll just say Halloween for right now. I think yours is Halloween on a, on a more consistent basis. I would say yours is Halloween. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I'm going the thing. I'm going the thing. But Woo-hoo. the thing is great. It's amazing. So there, yeah. It still gets representation. So, oh, all right. I got to say, real quick, too, the classic one is also really good. I enjoy it. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's not necessarily true to the, the book or the story per se, but it's still fun. The, there's it a certain, me as a kid. it did. It scared me <laughs> as a kid, and there's a certain scene in that one that happens as well that still makes me kind of jump. So, and it's impressive for mm-hmm. his time. So, okay, I, I haven't have seen to... it, guys. See it, see it. Yeah, I'm on that list. I, I know you actually gave me your DVD copy, and I I just haven't watched it, so I need to oh, check it you out. Watch yes. it this month if you can. If you have, you really your schedule. Mm-hmm. I know you're busy, but yeah, you should. It's definitely one of those like you know staple. I agree. Yeah. Movies, yeah. There's some things in there that still, it still can be actually really creepy in that mm-hmm. one too. Um, good jump scare moments as well. So mm-hmm. I recommend it. It's good. All right. So let's get back to Halloween. Yep. Tommy yes. is once again asking Lori about the boogeyman and Lori says that she will keep Tommy safe no matter what. And then this is where we actually get Annie going to the actual laundry. Before she was just changing in the kitchen. I forgot about that. But she goes out to the laundry and electricity, electricity, electricity is cut. <laughs> now she's having a stroke there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> His dentures slipped. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and My- Myers is stalking around outside. But of course, Annie thinks it's Paul, even though at this point, I don't think Paul's even supposed to come over this night. That She doesn't find this out until later that he's able to. But she thinks it's Paul. And then the door ends up being closed, and she's stuck inside. <laughs> and, of course, Lindsay's stuck watching. She is fixated on this TV, so she, she can yell. Annie's and calling yell, from inside a, the laundry room. Go ahead. That's a perfectly good kid for babysitting. Yeah. Yeah. Just think about it. That, that kid's like, I don't it. want anything to do with you. I just <laughs> want to watch, eat popcorn, and watch a horror movie. Easiest babysitting job exactly. ever. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Tommy wants to read all these comics, carve jack lanterns. I'm like, just go sit and watch a movie, kid. <laughs> I'm not here because I like you. I'm here because it pays money. <laughs> That'd be me as a babysitter. Dang, Josh. So good as a baby. Imagine having Josh as a babysitter. <laughs> Hey, good, like, what, I'll kid? let you watch what you want, okay? So okay. Like, beat it, kid. I'm on my smoke break. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> so, anyways, Andy's trying to get a hold of Lindsay. She can't. Eventually, Paul does call. So Andy Lindsay goes out to tell Andy. Andy's fucking trying to climb out the window and stuck halfway in between. <laughs> Which is pretty funny too. Because yeah, it foot is. is like we're oddly caught on the, the shelf that's there too. <laughs> because she's like help me i can't help my foot i can't get my foot off and then of course you got the 
the panty shot there because yeah. you, know, yeah. you have to put that in horror movie. In the, in the you have to window. do it. But well, in the, in, from that era. Yeah. From that. Era. Yes, you're right. You're right. But yeah, that's kind of funny too. She's like, help me. <laughs> and of course, she tells Lindsay not to tell Paul. That, that, that was she stuck in the oh, window. because that's First so thing, embarrassing. Yeah. That's so embarrassing. The most embarrassing thing that could have happened. The most embarrassing thing that could have happened is if she had shit her panties right there in the window. <laughs> okay, Chris. <laughs> and then okay. have Lindsay come and rescue her. And okay. then Lindsay being like, ha ha. I don't know. According to Ellen DeGeneres, the pickle juice in the eye is the worst. <laughs> well, that, the worst that's thing the worst thing right there. <laughs> But, of course, okay, so she's stuck in the window. Her foot's yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. Lindsay goes back. She tells Paul about him being stuck. So, of course, it's embarrassing. And he's giving her, he's teasing her about it. But turns out she's going to go see him. She's got to go pick him up. So she's got to take Lindsay over with Tommy. And Lindsay gets excited about this. So she must have like a little crush on Tommy. It's, I thought so too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> well, it was the first time she got a little animated after she was interacting with Lindsay, Annie, you know, mm-hmm. she was like, I got an idea. And meanwhile, the, you know, Lindsay's sitting there going, Oh my gosh, she's talking to me. <laughs> Why are you talking her. to me right now? Annie, the meanie needs to stop. And well, then she's sitting there is like, how about we go to Tommy's? And then that's where she's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> want to watch a movie with Tommy Doyle. Yeah. <laughs> right. So she drops him off and then she's, I didn't write down what she's singing. She's singing some song about Paul that she's making up as she goes. She's so excited to go see right. her boyfriend right now. She gets in. She gets in the car. The windshield's fogged. She thinks Paul might have snuck in there, even though he just called. But you know, whatever. What would Paul have been doing? Let me just say something. She's babysitting, and it's like you couldn't wait to see your boyfriend like on a night when you weren't babysitting. Like you couldn't wait. To like tomorrow. Well, no, because this is the one time, <laughs> if you think about it, the one time God, where the parents are away. <laughs> yep, they're out on Halloween. They're doing their own Halloween stuff. Exactly. The parents are out being irresponsible themselves, doing their own thing. I know, but they got somebody to watch the... Well, they thought they were getting somebody responsible <laughs> to watch the kid. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Lori's the only responsible teenager in this neighborhood. So Exactly. Hey. <laughs> so, Andy but... The meanie. Can't trust yep. her. Well, here you go, Chad. This had to thrill you because she gets in the car and of course Myers. <laughs> oh, Myers in the back seat, reaches around, chokes the shit out of her, the horns hawking, and well, that's the end of Annie. Chokes the, the shit out of her and the horns hawking. <laughs> Just like me, Ed. Well, that sounds like a wild night, if you ask me. Getting choked the fuck out. Well, did and... nobody hear the horn going off though? No, because it was only it wasn't long. That's true. It wasn't very long. You're right. But it was a really loud horn. (laughs) It was a loud ass horn. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Maybe if it had gone on longer, people would have started to look. But and by the way, Chad wasn't just thrilled. He threw confetti as a celebration the moment it happened. (laughs) (laughs) Looked like uh, (sighs) who was that? I can't remember that that crazy guy name. Rip torn. Rip torn. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. I may have said the wrong. I, no, it's not Rip Torn. It's yeah. close to that, yeah. though. But yeah, he's got. Oh, it's Chad probably Rip Taylor. Taylor. Rip Taylor. Yes, there yeah. You go. Yeah. Yeah. Chad turned into Rip Taylor in that moment, or a brother Rip Taylor's ghost inherited Chad and was like, "Ooh, confetti!" <laughs> oh shit! So now we cut back, and Tommy and Lindsay are—they're now watching Forbidden Planet. 
And Tommy decides Ooh. to play a prank on Lindsay and goes behind the curtain and starts saying, Lindsay, Lindsay. And, of course, this freaks her out. Yeah. But then Tommy looks out the window himself, and he sees Myers carrying a body across the street. And he yells about the that boogeyman. Have you seen the scene as well? This yeah. done really shot very well on that one. I don't know. It's just the shadow. Yeah. The shadow figures of them, you know, and him carrying the body up to the porch and stuff. Yeah. And of course, classic little kids. Nobody believes them. Yep. Well, (laughs) and we're like, there's a thing across the street. There's a body. And they're like, oh, now you're just imagining things. Stop trying to scare us all. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what's funny about this is Lori has literally had this happen to her earlier in the day where she saw someone and no one believed her. And then he was gone. And now she's turned around on him, not believing him. Well, because you got to think about how we had to turn this around back on Annie the meanie. Because she's the one that sat there and is like, there's there's nothing to be scared about, Lori. There's a, instead, it's a man here who wants to hook up with you. <laughs> that's, right. who's, that's who's preying on you. But even though Lori doesn't believe him, Lindsay tells him she believes him. And then we get cut of Loomis and he's lurking around outside the Myers house hoping for some action and kids oh, are daring goodness. each other to yeah. go in and you hear him Lonnie go in go in so I, lo- I love Loomis here yeah hey Lonnie get your ass away from there hey Lonnie get your ass away from there hey hey Lonnie get your ass away from there <laughs> oh shit mm. you could put that one as a sound clip when you say and he says yeah i probably will he probably will do that i might put if i can find that sound clip, i'll put it in or no i mean you can use my sound clip and be like and he says and, <laughs> oh you, you'll be this, we'll put you up against the real loomis if i can find it see who who does the best <laughs> who does it best loomis <laughs> donald or chris <laughs> Donald or Chris, and then uh, share Brack- Mr. Pleasance would win that. <laughs> Probably so, but hey, you gave it a good try, right? Did Thank better you. than I could do. A for effort. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. So share Brackett shows up. He's not happy. He doesn't want to just be spending his Halloween night waiting around, waiting for something to happen. But Loomis tells him, "I love this line. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff." I love yeah. that line. That's a great line. Mm-hmm. He's very much the. <laughs> Uh, what you know this is gonna sound stupid but he kind of reminds me of like the the messenger guy that would go into town and be like you know sitting there and be like i don't know the <laughs> the nazis are coming the nazis are coming but he's in there like michael is here michael is here so, like a sound so, music yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's just kind of coming in as like the this you know emergency bell and like everybody panic kind of you know (laughs) we got a monster on the loose (laughs) so it i I think that's kind of the funny she's at death's door (laughs) 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 all right now we get to see linda and bob showing up in the van that annie's well where she's babysitting the wallace's house and of course i I had to make the note it's totally dark here but you know that's just me yes they go inside, they start making out on the couch, and Myers is just watching them, which is really creepy. Another creepy, creepy. scene. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. 
And you know, no. that's where I think it kind of leans back to that little analyzing about Michael not necessarily having a childhood and really growing into adulthood. I think it's just part of that curiosity. Sex is a curiosity to him too. What people, what people do when they're attracted to each other and stuff. Cause he seemed to have that same curiosity when his sister was doing the same thing. So yeah, I was like, I think, he got to experience yeah. it through his sister, seeing his sister do it. Mm-hmm. And I think he just kind of sees it as like, what are these people doing and why do they do it? It's gross or something, you know? Yeah. I agree with that. Sorry. Going quiet again. Sorry, guys. I know. He was trying to let you finish. He just wanted to make sure your thought was finished. Yeah, exactly. Trying to thought provoke. Dramatic pause. Dramatic pause. So we cut back real quick to Lori. She's helping Tommy and Lindsay with a pumpkin. She's telling them to watch the rest of the movie and the phone rings and it's Linda. So she's telling her about how Andy dropped off Lindsay. So now they know that they got the house to themselves. So what do they do? Linda and Bob go up to the bedroom. They're going to get a bed after all, Chris. <laughs> Woohoo! Good old bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the, the, somebody keeps calling these Wallaces. It seems, I don't know what time it is exactly, but it's late at night, but the phone just keeps ringing and ringing. Mm-hmm. I guess well, they're you calling know, to check on the kids, but... Isn't it interesting that really for half of this movie, you don't see Linda very yeah. much at all? Mm-hmm. But you right. see a great a great deal of Annie. Annie's dead, Chris. Leave her alone. She's out. She's out. She's, she's, Hasn't she suffered enough already? <laughs> not quite. Not quite. They need to re- bring her back to life and kill her again. <laughs> <laughs> be like, oh, Ooh. we got news. Annie's back. Oh God. <laughs> Put her back. Put the cross up. Christ compels you. <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh, so so anyway, Linda and Bob are in bed. They're going at it. Myers is shadow. You see a shadow lurking in the room. So, like you say, he's watching over him. He's maybe seeing what he's supposed to be doing. Watching. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's watching over him like an angel shadow. That's, that's sweet angel. <laughs> the guardian sex angel. Good old guardian sex angel. You need those two. I did make a note. They have they have very quick sex in this scene. I don't know, like, and, and it seems like she they both climax, and I'm like, mm, that quick. Mm, I don't know. I'm not buying. Well, it. I don't know. They are teenagers, so depending yeah. on the experience. But I even made the note. I doubt Linda would be satisfied with that little performance. So I'm sorry. I think but... so too. I agree. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Ugh. But you know, she's a smoker, so she lights up a cigarette. It's nothing like a cigarette <laughs> after sex. <laughs> <laughs> like, just well, and she's a smoker, so of course. Of course, oh, totally, she's going to light up a cigarette because that's just what people do after sex. They just got to light up the cigarette. Especially the 70s, right? Yeah. And she, Too she bad they a... weren't in a water bed at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just... That didn't come until the 80s, though. No, it was like in the late 70s. I think water beds came around, too. Anyway, keep going, Josh. I, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know about the water bed. I can't speak on that. All I know is she if anyone knows, let makes... us know below. <laughs> uh, she makes Bob goes to get her a beer so then we get Bob downstairs and of course he hears something and he either thinks it's 
Linda, which makes sense playing a joke. But he also maybe thinks Annie came back to play a joke on him. I don't know. Maybe they're that close friends. I don't know. Seems well, like to me he's just there to have meanie. sex with It Linda. could be Annie Meanie from Beyond the Grave. Beyond yeah, the grave. I never know. Maybe she got jealous. But then you get the probably the most famous kill of the movie, wouldn't you think? This yes. right here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, just, the image, I think, always rings in people's heads all the time. Yeah. Yeah. The lifting him up, the impaling him to the wall, the slow head tilt, almost admiring his work. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. He's yeah. like, oh, that's probably kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of childlike <laughs> in that instance, right? Because I think you brought up a good like a good thought bubble there. Oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I could see a kid doing that. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh. oh, please don't take that out of context. No, 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 no. I can see a kid murder. So like, oh, that's pretty cool. Sure. Oh god. <laughs> Folks, we're recording this. It's late. And this is just the kind of stuff that goes on between us. Well, that's true. That's true. So meanwhile, Linda's just sitting there waiting, hoping Bob comes back. And then in walks the figure with a sheet over him and the eye holes cut out and the glass. Bob's glass is put on. So, of course, she thinks it's Bob. We know it's not. We know it's Meyer's ear. And then Chad. This is called Chad. Chad, yeah. <laughs> well, Chad, I'm going to let you talk about it. Here's your favorite scene in the whole movie. <laughs> See anything totally. you like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chad's blushing. <laughs> now you're modest, Chad. <laughs> I mean, I don't I know mean, what I'm supposed to talk about. <laughs> well, I, I, well, Chad is simple, really. The, just answer the question. <laughs> did, did you see anything you like? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You're turning. You're you're trying to make me in, <laughs> into like a pervy person. <laughs> um, but the question, Chad, um, you are a pervert. I don't. I don't objectify people like that. So, <laughs> well, maybe that's the best answer. That's that's. The, I have no opinion. That's the best. I, have no, I have no opinion on this. Oh shit! Just for the question. <laughs> We got the spotlight on you. <laughs> it was it was a very simple question, Chad. I mean, Chad, please the fourth or fifth or something. You know, please no, please the fifth. Hey, please yeah. fifth. Oh. Oh. Anyway, Myers just stands there. Lindsay gets annoyed. Starts getting. She puts on a shirt. She decides to call Lori, and then we get her death scene where he chokes her with the phone cord. And of course, Lori's on the other end, thinking that it, she's called to show off her sex molds. Or sex moles? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry. Oh. I really thought you said moles. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> Please say you'll leave that part in. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna leave that in. Sex moles gotta stay in. <laughs> Hashtag sex moles. <laughs> sex moles, there you go. That's well, all serious there, too. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're moles? 
Yeah, you were serious. You thought I said sex moles, which. Mm. Ugh. Oh, shit. <laughs> leave that in there. Leave that in there. The sound boy is the sound I'm telling you, this is stuff that you put at the beginning to get people drawn in, and they're going to be like, oh, I got to listen to this. So, as we said, Myers chokes out Linda with the phone cord. Lori thinks it's her having sex because she's making the call at the time. She th- either thinks it's Linda or Annie. She's not sure. And then Myers just does, like you said, the childlike thing. He just picks up the phone like he has no idea what it is. I mean, obviously he hadn't used one in 15 years, and I don't know how often he used one up until he was six years old, but phone seems like a foreign thing to her. But I think he recognizes Lori's voice. I'm not sure about that because that's kind of weird. I mean, he heard her talking outside the Myers house, but I don't know. I don't know about that. So he hangs it up. Lori calls back. There's no answer. She goes upstairs. Tommy and Lindsay are in the bed sleeping already, so that's good. All right, we got to cut back to Loomis. He's, once again, waiting by the Myers house. But for the first time, he sees the station wagon and notices the emblem on the side so that he knows it's the one because it had that that state symbol or whatever it was that mm-hmm. he recognizes. And I was like, he's been there. I was like, he's been at the Myers house the whole time. How is he just now noticing it if he notices it now? You know, he's well, been at the Myers house. Yeah, because you know what? He got tied down to, to like, well, he's been here at the house. This is going to be his his hideout because that's the only place he's going to have to come to rather than thinking that potentially Michael could have been, you know, trick-or-treating really kind of, you know, oddly weird trick-or-treating, you know, not normally, <laughs> but not the normal way, <laughs> but he was just one track minded. Fair enough. Fair enough. So Lori, knowing the kids are sleeping, she goes outside and goes over to the Wallace's house, knocks on the door, yells for Linda, yells for Bob. There's no answer. She goes around back and finds the door open. So once again, she goes in yelling their names, and she's she thinks it's a big joke. She's getting tired of it. She's getting angry now. She's getting tired of them trying to play a joke on little innocent Lori. You guys. You guys. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I went a different you guys. My bad. You guys, if you know what movie you were referencing on that one, comment below. <laughs> so she heads outside. Heads outside. Heads upstairs. Sees light coming from the room. She opens the door and she sees Annie brought out on the bed with Judith Myers' headstone right there from where yeah, he had ripped a, it up. It's a cool image. Scene, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is really cool. It's very iconic. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's one of those ones, too, that you probably see a lot in a variety of posters and images for relating to the movie. Yeah. Um, I know definitely. Well, it had been used, you know, I think even used for like, say, postcards or, you know, kind of those um, lobby cards, excuse me, maybe something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, that's probably true. And then right, of course, after she sees this, she's got to see everything. So now here come, boom, falls down Paul. He's swinging. He's dead. Then she sees Linda t- tied up with the phone cord sitting there. It's the classic bodies popping out and surprising mm-hmm. her montage kind of deal. <laughs> you know, it's, the, you know how in those... um rom-cons where it's like oh we're going to turn the ugly ducking duckling into a pretty duckling and she's going to montage into different outfits well in the horror genre it's the bodies that just pop up out of nowhere after they've been hidden they just yeah. pop and surprise the final girl but- and keeping classic the the 
everything happens in threes. Yes. Because there's three bodies and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good People point. love threes, right? <laughs> there you go. I love I love this next shot because after she sees the body, she's like kneeling down, cowering in the in the dark in the doorway, and it's very dark. And you like slowly see Michael illuminating in out of the darkness right before mm-hmm. he slices her arm. Yeah, yeah that that's a ooh, that one gets me too. Yeah, that that that's a cool shot there. But of course, she she only gets her arm sliced. She jumps away. She ends up like falling down the stairs, trying to get out. She ends up breaking the window to get out. She's screaming, going to the neighbors, and then they just look at her and don't let her in. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this girl's acting yeah, I know, like right? legitimately <laughs> scared. Like, this doesn't seem like a prank. Right. I realize and it's Halloween. Way, and it. Jamie Lee Curtis giving a really good scream. <clears throat> yeah. One yes. Of the best One of the best screams, screams yeah. on, on screen. Push, are you going to yeah. replicate it right now? No, I can't do that. My voice would be blown out. I can't reach that register. Yeah, that'd be hard. Oh, by the way, question for you guys. So had Lori not decided to go and check on her friends after that phone call that Linda was going to make, right? Do you think Michael would have ended up killing her that night? Or do you think he would have let her go since he wasn't nowhere? He wasn't at her house to the Tommy Doyle house. No, because to me he fixates on her from the beginning when she first goes to put those keys in the house he switches so, his like, you know his fixation over to annie when he sees her with her but i think he would have went back at some point i think so i'm kind of curious too because i was like you know after he you know finished his business basically over at Lindsay's house mm-hmm. um if Lori didn't leave the doyle house would that have changed anything would that have changed his motivation or i don't think what? so don't think so i really don't i think he would have made his way back over there mm-hmm. i was just curious i was curious what you guys thought because i was sitting there thinking as an alternative <clears throat> what would possibly have happened even though i do think the same thing i think he would have found a way to get to Lori. yeah i think so all right, so here Lori heads back to the Doyle's house, and he has to, she has to, like, I think she's throwing rocks or something out the window to wake him up because they're up there sleeping. Tommy eventually lets her in. He, she tries to call 911, but the phone line's been cut. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Lori's sitting there crying by the couch, and all of a sudden Myers is there, and he stabs the couch, missing her. And she luckily has their, I guess, I guess the door. Yeah, it's like the sewing. Are, yeah, the knitting needles, sewing, yeah. Yeah. And puts it in his neck, thinking he's dead. Classic rookie mistake there, but it's a high school, I guess. <laughs> right? Yeah, you learn that. You learn that rule in Zombieland: double tap. You know, it, 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 yeah. it could be a gun. <laughs> it could be anything. Just make sure they're dead. Or, and then the other thing too is like, don't get near it. Don't get near the body. Yeah. Gotta. Or like Captain Spalding says, better make sure I'm all the way dead. Yep. Right. That's right. That's that's. A, yeah, and that's what they need to do. Make sure they're all the way dead. They don't do that, unfortunately. But well, otherwise, if they did, then you wouldn't have a story. That's true too. Right? That's true you too. Got to keep it going somehow, right? Yeah, got to have the excitement. <laughs> all right, we got to cut to Loomis real quick, and Brackett shows up, and Loomis tells him he knows he's there, and he tells Brackett to start checking these streets, and he'll check the back streets, and he'll check the front streets. And we cut back to Lori. She's climbing upstairs. She's hugging the kids. She thinks she's killed him. She says she's killed him. 
And yet here we are. Myers is upstairs chasing right after him. It didn't take long. No, not at all. And then we get the classic. I'll say she puts kids in the bathroom. And yes, we get Mm -hmm. the the closet scene. Classic closet scene. No, he's shaking. This is where she was actually, I thought, kind of smart too, where she took like the tie and she tied the doors Mm -hmm. together as well to give her that just that extra time because you never know what could happen. And she was, I don't know, she she was also really amazing. She she kept a level head even with the kids because she she saw she looked after their safety first before her. That's true. And I think that's what makes her such a great uh, character of great final girl Mm -hmm. is that she is selfless in that regard. Yeah. You know? Because she was definitely that sort of matronly. For sure, she was the good moment. girl. Yeah. She was the good girl. So part of that is almost kind of having that, you know, as as crazy as it sounds, but it's kind of a trope. But that maternal, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly, yeah. To be like, okay, if I have little ones with me, then I need mm-hmm. to protect the little ones, and so you know. But right. But what you know, was, was it a trope her. before this movie? That's the thing. Like a lot of a lot of the mm-hmm. tropes that came out of this came from this movie. I'm not saying necessarily That's that true. one, but right. Yeah. That's a good point. It's good. Good food for thought. Yeah. I'm trying to sit here and think of some other movies in my head, but it's hard to think. So oh, I've been so mean. <laughs> <laughs> and sex moles. Yeah, sex <laughs> so anyway, like you said, she ties the thing to give herself a little extra time, which is good because it gives her time while he's shaking the closet and finally busts through. She's undoing a wire hanger and ends up stabbing him in the eye. She obviously learned from mommy dearest. Right. <laughs> well, and then apparently those parents didn't learn from money, mommy dearest because they That's kept true. the wire hangers. They kept the wire hangers. They kept the wire hangers, which worked out to her advantage in this case. So, hey, maybe you need yep. to keep some wire hangers in that closet after all. <laughs> And she goes for the eye. She stabs him in the eye, and then she stabs him with the knife, and she once again thinks he's dead, and he's not. She tells Tommy to unlock the door and go down to the McKenzie house. And, of course, they want her to come with her, but she's, nope, she's going to stay. She's going to make sure he's dead this time, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love this. She's resting in the doorway, and you see in the background, he sits up. Chad, you have to love this. Undertaker style. That's where Undertaker got it, right? (laughs) Exactly. He comes That's up behind JR in the back. Oh my god, he's not dead. Oh, <laughs> uh, if only it was Kane that did that. Hellfire and brimstone. brimstone. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. But anyway, Myers is back up. He's behind her. He starts choking her, and she was able to get the mask slightly off, but just taking it off like completely fucks up his whole world because <laughs> he gets so disoriented yeah. because the mask comes off. That's the one thing that stops him in his place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, as he he's pulling the mask back down, here Loomis is there for the rescue and shoots him six times. You know how Loomis do it. I think he, <laughs> when does he say that? Maybe six, in the sequel when he actually sequel, says yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, Myers falls over the banister. Loomis checks on him. It was there. And then he checks on him again. And he's gone. But in between, you get that classic line from Lori. It was the boogeyman, wasn't it? As a matter of fact, it was. And cue the Halloween theme with him being gone right. afterwards. And you get the shots of just the, uh, the kind of empty spots of the neighborhood mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. It's that's scary too, because it's like all of a sudden, you know, you had the boogeyman there, but now he's not there. And right. then you're kind of left with that energy of yeah. what did happen. And it's 
scary. Right. And as you say, you get the shots around the neighborhood and, and you hear the heavy breathing. So, you know, like, yes. I mean, obviously he's gone, but you hear that heavy breathing. I like that. Right. Mm-hmm. With the credits roll. It's like sitting there saying, well, the legend of the boogeyman stays, you know, and it's still around. Right. right. And yeah, that that's crazy. That is Halloween. We did it, guy. We did it. But we're not was- done yet. We're not done yet. No. Let's talk about the television version real quick. There's really only three main scenes anyway, so it won't take too long to talk about. All right. So right after he's caught in the beginning of the movie with the knife and everything, we get a scene of him in the courtroom. It's six months later. And this is where we first learned his middle name, Michael Audrey Myers. Mm-hmm. had been reprimanded. And he's, he's been sentenced all the way to his 21st birthday where he'll be trying as an adult if they don't release him before then. And, and even then, at six months in, Loomis is asking for maximum security. He spent four hours a day for the last six months, and he's the most dangerous patient he's ever seen. But he does. But, you know, they don't believe him. They don't buy it. They want to give him a chance right. to, you know, do his thing. And essentially, he leaves the boardroom. He goes down the hall, and he actually goes into Myers' room. And you get that little boy playing Myers just sitting in a chair staring out a window. And Loomis tells Meyer, he's like, you fooled them, but you haven't fooled me. And Meyer just sits there, stares, doesn't say a word. Yeah. So that's the first scene. The second scene is where Myers is watching Lori after she dropped off her keys at the house. We cut back to Smith Grove with Loomis talking to the nurse. So it's almost like that scene right before he's talking to Dr. Wynn, going outside mad about him leaving. Uh-huh. He goes into Meyer's room. The room's been torn to pieces. And the word... And this is what was their lead up to Halloween 2 coming out. Although it doesn't, Mm -hmm. it's the word sisters written on the door of the room, right? Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily lead to what they reveal in Halloween 2 because he did kill his sister. So it doesn't have to be referring to another sister. Exactly. Yeah. In our final scene, this is after she has seen uh, Myers at the clothesline and get the call from Annie and all that. You get a scene right after that where she's coming out of the shower, coming down, and Linda's coming over talking about a guy following her, which we know that she just saw a guy following her and, you know, in the station. Well, not following her, but seeing the guy behind the bushes, seeing the station wagon, you know, all that creepy stuff. Right. In fact, she said it was the guy in the station wagon, and Linda says it was somebody, but but really, Linda's only there because she wants to borrow Lori's silk blouse because she needs something nice for Halloween night. And then the phone rings, and Annie wants to borrow clothes, too. <laughs> they all borrow clothes. They tell Lori she's not going to use them anyway. Josh makes she it sound like out. I don't believe it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we didn't mention in the thing, when she's first leaving the Myers house, she's singing, like, some little song that Jamie Lee Curtis made up on her own. Yeah, yeah. After this, Linda goes upstairs to get the blouse, and Lori's looking outside, singing that same little ditty. I didn't write it down. But that's really the three scenes. Obviously, the sister scene was the major scene that tried to tie into Halloween 2 coming out. And what was that? 81, I think. 1981. Right. Uh-huh. And that's actually, that's all that's different between yeah, and and the television thing version. Is, I think that the budget for those scenes was almost more than the it budget more. they shot for the whole movie. They spent four days filming those bonus scenes and yes i don't know have the exact number but i did read it was more than the original budget <laughs> which wow. is crazy and that cra- yeah that is crazy and i think right they filmed those scenes after the halloween 2 production 
Um, yeah, I can't so remember. Or I thought it was maybe those... during production. But I think it was during, right. like, at the same time when they during, were getting ready, okay. but you might be right. Because at that time, I think they were getting ready to show Halloween on TV, right? They were gearing yep. that up, but they needed mm-hmm. extra time to fill the time slot. Yeah, they didn't have the, they didn't have the time to fill the two-hour time slot. Right. Yeah. I mean, not a long movie, so. No, not at all. Makes sense. All right. So it's now really we... weird because it adds some things to it. it. You know, those extra scenes they do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They ca- they get tie it, it into the second ties one. in things for sure to the second one, but I don't. Know. I, I used to really like the TV movie or you know the TV version of it, mm-hmm. the TV cut, mm-hmm. just because okay. that's, when I first got into the Halloween franchise, it was oh I like part two as well, so at least it ties it all together in that regard. But of course, as I got older and the more into the films and stuff, I course love the theatrical version so i like with uh not really having to know everything Mm -hmm. just the fact that he's there and he just does what he does because he wants to and well i think this is the beauty of the movie right like the beauty beauty of the movie is that it's just it is simple and it's nature Mm -hmm. you know like you said it doesn't it doesn't over explain anything you know it is what it is and part of the fun of it too is that you know, as the audience, you kind of can talk amongst your friends and you know, even with yourself, like just formulate theories, like why did he choose Lori and why mm-hmm. did he choose her friends? And, you know, like you kind of can make up your own sort of backstory as well. But of course, you know, a lot of that's sort of become yeah very convoluted over the years. But I think that was the, the nice thing that I really liked about the the original movie the theatrical cut is that you know it is it's very simple and straightforward yeah you know and almost makes you go is this the kind of conversation that people had when they left the theater as well if Mm -hmm. they were making their own theories about why michael uh his motivations for doing what he did oh yeah i'm sure those conversations were had just to have those conversations back then i kind of wonder what people said and it'd be interesting yeah it would be interesting but now you talk about that added a little bit. This adds a lot. We're going to talk about the novelization for a few minutes. Yeah. Okay. okay this I don't know anything about because I've not read the novel. Okay. So, Chad, I know you've read it. So, this will jog your memory. So, first, the novelization is by Richard Curtis. He did it under the name Curtis Richards. So, yeah. just switch it up just a, just a little bit so that people would still just recognize him. And, and this novelization is strange to me because he literally went to watch Halloween, took notes during the movie, was never allowed to see a script, never talked to John Carpenter or anybody working on the movie and was told it was, I mean, he was just a writer for hire in this situation mm-hmm. for I think Phantom Books or whoever it was to write this novelization without seeing any of that. So it's, yeah. it's kind of a crazy way to do a novelization. In yeah, my really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> especially not to have that interaction with the people who are creating it. Right. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like he definitely... I mean, I guess we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but like, you know, because the first movie leaves a lot of questions, right? Um, you know, he definitely kind of went in and tried to fill in some of those holes. Well, and um, then not only that, but he had to try to guess on his own kind of the, the character nuances, mm-hmm. you know, their personalities, how they sound. 
um, how they would probably act or dress in certain situations and all that stuff, you know, trying to put his head into the characters' minds, but right. not have any, um, any idea what that's like coming from the creators who created those characters. Right. Yeah. Like it seems like a tough process to do it that way. Yeah. And it's funny because some of the stuff he ends up putting in, they end up taking into the sequel. It gets used in some of the sequels. Yeah. And, and like, especially like with, um, you know, the TV cut where Loomis is with Michael and he's like, you may have them fooled, but not me. Like, right. There's a very similar scene in the novel oh. of Loomis doing that. And Loomis sort of saying like, you know, cause I mean, you know, like patients get hurt, but there's never anybody to see mm-hmm. like what happened, you know, and you just got to get this feeling that everybody in the facility, even the security guards are terrified of this guy, yep. of Michael. Yep. And, you know, he, he, is kind of sort of like the king of the castle in some ways. Wow. Just, you know, it's never explicitly said by anybody because he's got them all under he's fear. He's got them all spooked, yeah. And Dr. Loomis is the kind of guy that's just like, I know what you're doing. I can't prove it, but I know what you're doing. So he's like, you're playing mind games, Michael. I know you're doing it or something. Yeah. And then like, I, wasn't there a scene in there where like loomis plans this halloween party or something and he puts cameras up or something to try to catch michael in the act of hurting somebody what? he didn't put cameras up but yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna talk about it. we're gonna we're gonna get to yeah. it okay yeah there's it's i got it yeah kind of a dirt bag thing that he does in oh a way my God. well i'm not <laughs> surprised i mean i think dr loomis is one of those characters that if he had to if he had to get dirty and play a dirty game or something like that he would he would do it mm-hmm. yeah yeah if it I mean, the sake of, to an end, yeah for the sake of bringing michael in whatever it took mm-hmm. he would do whatever it would take yeah i mean yeah you don't see it as much in the first one but look at like part five he literally uses jamie as bait yes. michael like holding her in front to get yeah, him yeah. to come towards him i mean he, he'll do whatever so first thing it takes place in Northern, it starts off in Northern Ireland at the dawn of the Celtic race. So I don't know what like time frame that is, but that's just to put it back a few hundred years. Ancient Dad, times. Okay. <laughs> Ancient, Ancient times. times. Okay. Okay. There we go. And we learn of this story of Princess Deidre and this deformed man named Enda who approaches Deidre and she ends up thinking that he's a rapist just because of how he looks. And then she publicly shames him for it. Right. So what's he do? He goes, gets drunk. He ends up going, getting a foot long butcher blade, which I guess would equivalent to the butcher knife for later on. Mm-hmm. Murders Deidre and her lover, Colin. I think that's how you say his name. Murders them at this town, like grave dance or something like that in front mm-hmm. of everyone. And end up for his trouble. Is, this is how they put it is literally torn apart by the enraged tribe. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty messed That's up. That's gruesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did kill a princess after all. He killed yeah. this. <laughs> he did kill a princess and her soon-to-be prince, I guess. Meanwhile, Deidre and Colin get buried on hallowed ground. Enda is buried among the outcasts. His remains were cursed to forever roam the earth, reliving the foul deed and punishment. And then it goes to mention how superstitions and traditions of the original. You say Samhain, Sawin, however you want to say it. Sawin, yeah, Sawin, Sawin have been lost. But sometimes on All Hallows' Eve, a brutal and inexplicable crime brings home the original spirit of the celebration. 
which is what it's supposed to be saying that Michael Myers came from. It gave him a little bit of a supernatural background, basically. Mm-hmm. Right, which is, which of course, we'll play, you see that later. later yeah, because you know, five or six. six. Yeah. yeah, and they start adding the supernatural element to it. Yeah. So now we cut to 1963, but before getting to the trick or treat scene, we get a we get a scene where Mike's visiting his grandmother on Halloween night. And she's, of course, telling him a story about the boogeyman. And Mike is very interested. Michael's very interested. And his mom does not want him hearing this story after his recent behavior, she says, which includes fistfight, bedwetting, and voices have been telling him to hate certain people. Wow. Yeah. So you get, you get, you definitely get a lot more into Mike and how he is. And the psychology, you know, the character. And again, it's, it's like you guys are saying, it's some stuff that comes up later in the sequels mm-hmm. but when grandma hears this she was all about telling about that but this disturbs her because apparently michael's great grandfather had similar issues where he was hearing voices telling, telling people to, in the family apparently, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's kind of obvious right yeah and then we get still not the scene where michael's going to check on judith yet but this is halloween night judith is home alone he's out with his friends trick-or-treating they go to their house and Judith opened the door. She's thinking that it's her boyfriend at the time coming early. That's not what it is, but she teases. Well, what if I don't give you candy? What are you going to do? And Mike responds with, we're going to kill you. Wow. And Judith, Judith looks like, who was that? Who was that? She finally realizes it. And she's like, you know what mom and dad are going to do you, Michael Myers. She's like, he's like, I'm not Michael Myers. I'm a clown. So basically, you're showing that evil is already taking hold of this boy at this mm-hmm. point. Then we get to the normal opening, but we but while he's going upstairs, we get a little bit of insight into his mind and realize that he has this murderous rage towards his sister because of a voice he's been hearing, and he's been having visions of these ancient celebrations, which is what they were talking about in the Northern Ireland Celtic race stuff. One vision is almost like he's into the deformed guy watching Deidre, but he's watching his sister and her boyfriend. And then the boyfriend arrives and everything plays out the same at that point. Then we get right afterwards. We actually get a little bit of his criminal trial and hospitalization. It gives, which helped Michael actually talks in this. Michael testifies at his own trial, Mm -hmm. admitting to the sister's murder. And this, he actually speaks in the the trial. He he speaks in the novelization. Yeah. And in the novel, you actually get like, you know, like sort of like the inner dialogue mm-hmm. of yeah. Michael at some points, which I thought was also really interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I know I keep saying wow, but that's just kind of, that's new it's to so, me. It's definitely worth it. reading. Yeah, yeah okay. it is. Just, just for the, because it's a new experience. Okay. And this is where we learn that Michael stabbed Judith no less than 31 times. They're thinking probably closer to 50 is what it says. And yeah, even after this, you know, Loomis is trying to get Michael the maximum sentence. The judge feels bad because it's still a six-year-old boy and feels like he could be rehabilitated. And then that's when you get the whole, if he's still there at 21, he'll be tried as an adult. But this judge really wants him to damn be rehabilitated. He really is. Yeah. So now we cut six months later. This is Loomis's first report. He's got to give a report every six months. And this is where Loomis feels that Michael may be the most dangerous person I've ever handled, but it's all with circumstantial evidence. This is what Chad was referencing earlier. A boy who teased Michael ended up coming down with severe stomach cramps. A nurse that argued with Michael ended up having a terrible fall down a stairwell. 
one of the people there who borrowed and forgot to return one of Michael's games ended up developing a bad rash. So that's just three of the things that happened while he was there. The judge not happy. He's he's pissed at Loomis for bringing this stuff. They, they can't prove it's Michael. And he's like, if you bring me shit like this again, I will release that boy no matter what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he, yeah, that's basically what he said. And he, he says specifically, if you return with anything but hard evidence, specifically is how he says it. Well, it sounds okay. like the judge is just trying to do his job, too. And He you know, is, he is. Loomis, but Loomis just has that feeling, you know, that something's wrong, something's dangerous, but he just can't put his finger on it to actually be like, no, I got something solid to prove to you guys. Yeah. All right. And then this is what Chad was referencing. Michael actually asked Loomis for a Halloween party and, and it's the one year anniversary that he murdered his sister. So you wouldn't think this kid would want this, but, and at first Loomis is like, are you great? And then he realizes, wait a minute, I could use this to my, to my advantage like Chad says, setting a trap, basically, using children as bait, which I made the note. He eventually does this at five with, you, with uh, Jamie anyway. So Jamie, yeah. not only does Michael want to have a Halloween party at the one-year anniversary, the patients end up having to make their own costumes. And what does he make? He makes another clown just like the one that he murdered his sister in a year previous. So they're, they're in the gym. They're having the Halloween party, and all of a sudden the lights go out. They come back on, and this girl, they have a bobbing for Apple Station, and she's, like, almost drowning in it. They get over, and they're able to save her. Loomis, of course, immediately looking for Michael, and they say he's about 10 steps away. He's got a devilish smile on his face, but he's completely dry, so he it doesn't look like he's been anywhere near her. And now we're That's cutting. Creepy. Yeah, is, <laughs> it's yeah. creepy. It's, it is creepy. Now we cut to Loomis. He's, he's, he's ready to testify again. Now, keep in mind, they've also referenced how, how if Michael did all this, like he, he, like Chad talked about, the staff and nurses and everybody being afraid of him, if they were that was the case, why would, they not just, why would he not just make them give the keys to get out, you know? And Loomis makes the point that Michael hasn't made here. Everybody takes care of him. Nobody messes with him. He has no reason to live. He doesn't know what it's like on the outside. Why does he want to go learn now? So he's about to testify again with the judge who really wants to release him. And the judge dies the night before the hearing. And the replacement judge ends up, he just comes in, looks at the murder and goes, yeah, this boy's messed up. He's staying. So Loomis is happy, but. That makes same, Michael pissed it, off. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it seems like it's what Michael wanted, though. Like he didn't want that judge. To, he, he, real, he started to realize that judge was going to let him go. And he didn't want to leave yet because he hasn't made here. He gets to be alone all the time, which is something it seems like he wants. And nobody messes with him. So that's all the stuff pre-child. Now we get to the current stuff, 1978. I found this kind of kind of interesting because like, like Chad talked about Mike's inner dialogue, you also get a lot of Lori's inner dialogue, like inner mm -hmm. thoughts. Mm -hmm. So like when, she, when she's in class and she sees Mike outside by the station wagon, she's sitting there thinking about Judith Myers that night and how she died. And what if someone as innocent and nice as her could die with something like that ever happened to her? And I gotta be that's honest, weird. when I yeah, when I watched the movie, I never would have thought that's what Lori was thinking about. No, like, at, not all. at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this was a funny thing. We get we get we get to find out why 
Linda says totally so much. <laughs> Apparently, Linda is the president of this, they call it N Word of the Month Club. <laughs> and like the, the month previous, the word was Jack, but this month is totally. And that's why she's saying oh, it so often. So she's, it's like, learning a new word or something and then trying to use it as often yeah. as you can. But and, okay. but they say that she'll use it for the whole month and then she'll drop it and never say it again. They make that point. So basically <laughs> after this Halloween, if she had made it through Halloween, she would have never said totally ever again. But Chris, can you tell your friend to stop being so capricious with the guests? <laughs> it's All right. capriciousness and the capriciosity. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Josh. <laughs> All right, then we cut to the, this is out the, out the hardware store after Annie and Lori have driven off and uh, Loomis comes up and Sheriff actually tells Loomis about Mike's great-grandfather, that he had went crazy around 1898, 99, somewhere around there, ended up going to this grand dance and just pulled out a revolver and shot two people for no reason. It turns out it was on Halloween and that he heard voices to shoot those two specifically. Just like Mike said, he had been hearing voices and he was hanged for his trouble, which it was the 1890s. So I could see that in the Midwest. (laughs) So now, like like Chad said, Mike's perspective, we we get seeing Annie and Lori driving to their babysitting jobs. You know, we normally are seeing Mike in the review. Well, now we're getting Mike's perspective and he's thinking about the night back when he killed Judith. And he's thinking about the voice telling him, kill her, stab her, stab her here, stab her there. And then he's thinking to himself about how much Lori actually looks like Judith and reminds him of that. So that gives you kind of why he fixates on her. In his mind, he looks like his sister. And then the other thing is the ending. Loomis looks over the balcony. Mike's still there. He reloads his gun. And Lori's like, what are you doing that for? He's like, I got to make sure. But instead of going and looking over the balcony again, they actually go outside around the house. And Lori goes with him to discover Mike is gone. And then it ends with Lori saying, it was the boogeyman, wasn't it? As a matter of fact, it was. And that's how the whole book ends. So it's definitely worth a read. If you haven't read the novelization. Because this sounds really different than... It has quite a bit. It definitely expands and fills in a lot of the the holes that and it kind of gives a little bit more to that that analyzation if you will like where i was talking about michael playing Mm -hmm. michael you know pranking with his victims and stuff like that because it sounds like he was doing that in the novelization with the people around him as well like he he was obviously playing some sort of mind games he was obviously thinking a little yeah, logically also, not necessarily being a murder machine he was yeah. michael gets because yeah, yeah. i know like i think there was one part in there where it specifically talked about you know things that he was feeling in his body while looking at yeah and yeah so, it does talk a lot about least, his feeling yeah, yeah especially so kind of gets sense it. yeah it's, it's the curiosity the, yeah this whole thing the yeah. girl, like why like his curiosity to to watch and to wonder you know why are these people doing it and then maybe he is thinking like why am i also made turned on from it who knows mm-hmm. uh, he could be a little bit aroused but it's just really weird because i don't know if he really ever like i said i, I don't know if he really ever escaped from thinking from a, a child's mind per se i don't know if he really 
was thinking from uh, even being a teenager, being an adult at that point too, later on. So, but I know like also in the book too, it talks about like how <clears throat> some of his skills, like driving for instance, yeah. he learned how to drive while he was there, there. in the sanitarium. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, you know, now that you explain it to with the judge, I can see the judge probably being like, well, it's okay for him to participate in all those things. Uh, it's good for him. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's totally worth reading, totally for yep. the new experience. So, yeah. That's cool. Um, unfortunately, it's not in print, though. Um, so you have to... <laughs> oh, you have to hunt it know, down. There's sure. a, a thing where you have a world of information at your fingertips that you can probably track <laughs> down. With. Oh, yeah, all right. called, Chad. And what is it called? What is it called? Uh, you, I mean, you access it. Yeah. <laughs> it's made of ones and zeros. Yeah, just throw it in your Google machine. Internet. <laughs> All right. So a couple weeks ago, I had been scrims on, and we ranked the whole Halloween franchise. But now let's hear, since they want to take this deep dive with me down Halloween, let's hear Chad and Chris's rankings of the Halloween franchise. Oh, let's see. Hang on a second. Uh, well, I'll go, go first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so for me, definitely um, Halloween 78 will be up there number one. Okay. Uh, followed by 2018. Uh, just because, you know, for me, it makes sense to have those, those ranked. Um, and then, believe it or not, I really like the Rob Zombie movies. Because <laughs> um, I appreciate what he, what he was trying to do. I mean, yeah, I can see a lot of the complaints that some fans of the franchise have, and I can certainly sympathize with those complaints, but overall, I really liked what zombie was trying to do. And I really liked Tyler main as Michael Myers. I think the design was great. And then he brought this sort of like bestial ferocity to the role, which was really disturbing in my opinion. Um, so those have come after that. Um, Halloween 2 would come after that um, and then followed by 4, 5, and 6 and then Resurrection after that I don't have 3 on the list because 3 is, is not associated with the Myers lore um, so I would just sort of and honestly I didn't really like Halloween 3 Ooh, that's, <laughs> oh, I mean it's, it's, a, it's imaginative and I appreciate the sci-fi quality of it but I don't know. It just wasn't my cup of tea. So, and Chad, yeah. I didn't hear H2O in your rankings. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that would probably come right. Yeah, I'd put that right after um, after the zombie movies. Okay. Yeah, so number five spot. Yeah. yeah. All right. Chris. And I have, a, I have a soft spot for that one because you know, it was the first, well, <laughs> the yeah. first Halloween movie mm-hmm. I saw in theaters. So. Let's see. Uh, well, for me, I have, and this is just going from one to eleven. Okay, okay. so I have Halloween seventy-eight, Halloween two thousand eighteen, Halloween two, um, Halloween H two O, Halloween three, Halloween four, Rob Zombie Halloween oh seven, Halloween six, Halloween five. Rob Zombie Halloween 2 and Halloween Resurrection. So that would be my list there. <laughs> well, at least we can all agree Resurrection is at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
That I'm sorry, awful. but what they, <laughs> I, I hate it that they just kind of went and retconned what happened in H2O. Mm. And I was, you know, and then what they did to the Lori character in the beginning of that. They really like, did her dirty, didn't I they? I was like, no, <laughs> this is not, no, this is not the right way to do it. And then, of course, you know, like, um, well, I mean, that happens to a lot of big franchises, but you have the big studios that get, caught up into it because they're just looking at it as a money grab and so back then with a lot of the 90s horror and early 2000s it was about the trends of stuff Mm -hmm. and also who are the trends in music and so it kind of in some respect it kind of dates the movies by doing that stuff even though granted movies are almost like a time capsule for any era right but I don't know what this for some aspects of it it just makes it feel very some aspects are just cringy we'll just call it that i mean buster rhymes and resurrection it was just cringy <laughs> it was cringy so yeah we can blame test audiences for that they they wanted more buster rhymes that's what they came out saying he was actually in it less in the original cut and their audience was probably teenagers so maybe i don't know who test the kids will love it the kids will love it the kids will love it that's that's what they just care about rapey harvey weinstein in there the kids will love it yeah because i mean the thing is is that you look at again you look at halloween 78 i mean the beauty of it is that it was made on a shoestring budget it was made with people who really cared with what they were doing and they were really trying to make a good movie and a fun movie of course and a scary movie. So when some of these properties just go on to have the big studios interact with the studios, don't they seem to get away from the, you know, what makes the movie, the original movie rather, so beloved, you know, and it's the fact that there was a lot of craft and put into it and a lot of thought put into it because, you know, they had that limited budget, but it was really just trying to make a good movie, not about like, oh, what are the kids going to love about this movie? You know, where are the, you know. Well, I think the other thing that really that really dates the movie uh, is like the technology that they used in it. There, well, there's some of that too. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looks like you're watching like a 1950s like <laughs> sci-fi movie. Well, and then they were taking advantage of the whole, uh, I think, so. you know, the reality television was yeah, starting exactly, to yep. become... Yep huge at that point and, and the they were making boom. yeah they were making reality tv on everything and if you guys ever see some of the clips of some of the older reality shows that were coming on at the time which they were making anything of there's a lot of cringeworthy <laughs> reality tv stuff they were making that it's like what were they thinking like if you, i don't know if you guys ever heard of a reality show called are you it's like are you hot enough or something or are you hot <laughs> And all it is is like these three judges that judge the bodies. I'm not kidding. Of people who, who they look good. They're fine. But they sit there and they judge them on a scale of one to 10 if they're hot. And Jesus. so some guy could walk up there and he has, you know, good arms, a good chest on him or something like that. But the, like Rachel Hunter was one of the judges on there. She no, was a well-known right model. She would sit there and go, well, I'm giving you a six because... Your face is a little asymmetrical and blo- I'm like, how <laughs> the fuck awful. did this show even get on the air? It's crazy. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. 
It oh. sounds like I'd be going into the negative ratings on that one. I know. It, and it, <laughs> give me a negative it didn't 45. last. It didn't last. <laughs> you know, and it's like the same thing with uh, The Swan, if you guys remember that show. Too, oh, yeah. Where it's been give... six months since she's looked into a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> where they, they pick out someone who's I'm not a swan, an ugly I'm a duckling, flamingo. if you will, and then they give them plastic surgery to make them look good. Yeah, that show was bad, too. Damn. So All right. it, it played up a lot on that show. And you had, of course, Tyra Banks in there, America's yeah. Next Top Model, right? So we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for yeah, you. Yeah. So what other way to be like, well, someone who's big in reality TV be part of the <coughs> the process. So I, I don't know. Sometimes it just gets yeah, on my honestly, nerves. I saw Tyra Banks and I was like, Ugh. yeah. It sometimes just gets on my nerves when they the studios want to be like, let's put in the trends mm-hmm. in these movies. And I get it, like I said movies can be like a time capsule for so many eras and years but there's to a point where i think you have to sit there and go we don't need this in there we don't need this little tidbit thing just because you are so attracted to wanting to have the younger audience involved or something you know yeah i'm almost in there going like oh let's put tiktok in the movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess yeah oh yeah I, I agree with that. All right, guys. I think that's going to wrap this one up. Chad, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Everywhere but nowhere. <laughs> uh, I'm on Letterboxd. You can find me under Green Screen Grin. So, yeah, that's where you can find me at. That's it? <laughs> the Letterbox. <laughs> oh, that's it? Uh, the Mailbox. You can find the me mailbox at the Mailbox. The mailbox. <laughs> mailbox. And, Chris, I know you're on Twitter now, so... Yay. Yeah, trying to get a little a tweety box used to using. Oh, excuse me, using it. A Twitter. Um, so you can find me at CBC Monkey. And that's like C as in the ocean, by the way. So S E A. And then I'm also on Instagram, and you can find me at X Topher of Oz. And that's like a play on X Men and Wizard of Oz. So I know it sounds crazy, right? But I'm on both of those, and I also have my 31 Days of Horror movie marathon going on, which I have had been going on through this whole month. <laughs> so you can read my little mini reviews on those and what or my little thoughts. And remember, they're just my opinions, not not fact. Don't come for me if I don't so. send for you. <laughs> or don't at him. Do not add him. <laughs> no DMs. No DMs. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, so uh, I want your feet, bro. <laughs> be like, uh, that's twenty dollars. Ninety-nine US dollars. Ninety-nine US that penny works less. too. I'll do that. Right, Josh? Yeah. Ninety-nine dollars <laughs> for your feet picks. Oh no, no, no. Wait a minute. Hold on. No, I'm not getting roped into that. Sorry, Jed. <laughs> Just no, DM, no. Josh. Hey, oh, don't tell people that. Jeez. <laughs> but you know, like, Josh is like, that's getting edited out. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I have to say, Josh, I'm excited to be part of this new journey with you guys. And you guys have no idea, like when the three of us get together, it is crazy. We have probably been talking on here. You'll find for probably three, who knows, three hours, it feels like. And it's just nothing but fun and laughter and a, just a lot of talk, you guys. So not everything is serious. So if you hear a lot of our jokes and stuff, uh, it's not serious. It's just talking the breeze if you will <laughs> that's the best way i could put it probably right josh yeah shooting the shit there you go yeah 
chewing really the fat. A, I mean, Josh is going to have a lot to edit from this, you guys, and yeah. Or as the former president was locker room talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, but if you guys like for this episode, if you like feet picks, Josh's feet picks. Uh, what else, guys? What else did we tackle in here? Come on, name some stuff. You know we did. You you cut out for a second, so I don't know what you said. Oh, oh. I was saying, if you like Jennifer Coolidge, oh, if you okay. like sex moles, <laughs> if you like Josh Josh's, Josh's feet, feet his feet picks. You want feet picks of his or um. What else did we cover in here? You Annie got? the Meanie. Annie the Meanie. Annie the Meanie. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a bunch tell, of stuff in here. Absolutely. Tell us whether you agree with Chad or against Chad. Is is Annie the worst character in Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good poll. That's a good question to engage the uh, audience. That, that's a good poll. We'll have to put that up. You, uh, and after you yeah. guys throwing out their feet picks, I don't like to do this, but as always, you can follow <laughs> the show. On Wyatt at YNF Movie Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm on TikTok. I don't do a lot on there, so don't look for me to be too active on that. He does and the dances. I know. Oh. No, so Josh, I do so not. Josh, he became the studios, and you needed to attract the the younger audience, huh? Like, this is what the kids will like. Well, I thought that it's not working, but anyways, <laughs> <laughs> come back next week. I had a new movie and a new guest, and who knows that may be your next favorite movie. You guys take care. I'll talk to you next time.